G'day guys, welcome back to another Fairycom episode. In this week's episode, we had to run it up with our boy Hannah Hersey, um, who is involved in a lot of community work. And in this episode, we delve into a lot of conversations that must be had, especially in our community here in Melbourne. We talk about the knife crime epidemic. Um, we also talk about situations with the importance of family household or structured family unit, the need to uplift and get involved in our community. Um, and there's a lot of gems in it, honestly. It's one of our longest episodes. We've caught it going for another hour, but we didn't want to drain of you guys. We're going to have 100 again. But make sure to enjoy the episode. Well, I hope you do at least. Yeah, enjoy. Peace. If we all shy away from it, then we're not really moving, are we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Someone's, someone's got to have these conversations mm. at the end of the day. And especially like in our community, like the way that Australia is. Mm. Like, first of all, like us as immigrants in this country yeah we're very new to the country first of all yeah. and second of all our country is a very new country itself you know like a lot of the things that happen mm. in other places like like you mentioned earlier mm. before like canada america and all that kind of stuff yeah. it catches up with us like three years like down oh, the line, yeah. you know even even later even later yeah it, it, it's wild um hey, are we gone by the way or we're just yeah talking? we're gone we're just going oh uh, yeah we're just, <laughs> yeah you know what we just do we yeah. just go straight naturally into yeah. it and then that, uh, easy easy but you know you know what's interesting you forgot the cameras yeah, on. Yeah, I was going to joke at you for a bit, you know? Yeah. I was like, boys, hey, can we not mention the Somali athlete? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was going to mention that, bro. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh my. Huh? Hey, listen, that is, boys. <laughs> it's I, a tough time to be Somali at the moment. Bro, you yeah. know, my, my, my white friends are yeah. sending me this, yeah? yeah? Hey, bro, you're Somali, right? Yo, yeah. you see peoples? I'm like, bro, we caught an L. You did. Huh? We did. I'm, I'm Ethiopian today, don't worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know how bad it was? It was yeah. bad to the point where, like, I was explaining this to, who was it? It was like, um, one of my friends that isn't in, like, like my Somali circle, yeah. Mm. And I was explaining to them about like how I know like this Somali person from like overseas or something. And it's like mm. the Somali community, regardless of where you are in the world, is like pretty tiny. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, you hop on Somali Twitter, you see similar faces all the time. You yeah. hop on Somali TikTok, you see similar faces all the time. So when that Somali athlete situation happened, I'm thinking, fam, it's just in my world. Do you get what I mean? Like, it's, um, <laughs> Somali Twitter's taking the piss out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And then okay, I open up the shade room. Complex. It's on there. Yeah. What do you mean? This morning, as I got up this morning, yeah, it's on Vice News. They're doing oh, a whole, they're doing whole doing like a little documentary. That's serious, about it, you know, <laughs> little oh, doc com- about complex, that. complex sports, <laughs> yeah, complex a- sports. academics. Yeah. It's that because you know it's not a bad thing though, to be honest. Okay, how because how? if you think about it like this, right? I'm glad something like that happened. It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it will last for a couple of days, and someone else, yeah, something yeah exactly. Coming, That's right? just how it works. But that shows the corruption. Within government, for sure, you know? the, need, the need for change. One hundred percent. So was there some auntie, some politician put their niece, yeah, into a race that's never raced before? That's never. on a national level. You could tell, bro. <laughs> that just goes to show. Hey, listen, we need to fix up. <laughs> like, well, like we something needs to change. You know. But also, so what Olympics was it at? Olympics or was it like qualifying I think, or something? I think it nationals or something in China. It, I think it seemed like qualifying. I don't know the details, but it was pretty serious. You saw the athletes around. Yeah. Hey, obviously, it, t- it takes a lot to uh, a big procedure to get athletes in that exactly that round, and then you get to see her. Yeah. It's like, and oh. some I were so stubborn to the point where, like, for example, that girl is pretty strong world knowing that she's nowhere near <laughs> an athlete, still rocking on a plane all the way to China, <laughs> Japan, wherever it was. Oh my god, and being like, Yeah, but you know, she said as well, post interview, yeah. yeah, she goes, Oh, yeah, I just got like the call up, this, this, that, you know. And then I, t- I was telling people, like, I was sore before the, the, yeah. the race, you know what I mean, but I was like, I was just going, Go race. 
It's like, you're sore, you can't <laughs> race, what race are you? Nah. And you know what I love about her as well? Yeah. Did you see the ending to the race? What does that look? <laughs> that little like, oh my there. God. Oh man, it was. You can't hate her. <laughs> no, but it's not her. I, I, God, yeah. God bless you, you know? Exactly. Like, but it's the people that put you in those positions. In those place, yeah. Someone needs to get fired. 100%. Someone needs to Honestly, get fired. Honestly, I reckon after all that, even like her going back, she's like the talk of the town, so she loves that, bro. Mm. Yeah. The, the attention. Yeah, yeah, the attention. Yeah. Yeah. But it was funny. I was watching like a recent um, interview they did. It was on TikTok with her. Yeah. And then she goes, oh, um, my leg was hurting the day before. Yeah. yeah. And she goes, and the guy goes to her, um, are you going to uh, compete next year? She goes, yes, I'm going to come back next year. My sister, please stay home. That's okay. This was equivalent to like yeah. a submarine situation. Mm -hmm. You know, because like when you go on TikTok, you're gone. Do you use TikTok, by the way? Oh, here and there. Um, my wife uses TikTok. Yeah. So I'm just sitting on the couch and then she starts sending me stuff. You know, yeah, TikTok so I, and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. You never hopped on the TikTok game? Nah, barely. It's bad, barely. bro. It's, I think once you i just so i jumped on it one time yeah. this is probably was it during covid or just a bit after covid yeah and i didn't like the fact that three minutes felt like three hours it yeah. was three hours you know yeah i'm on that for i'm like scrolling mm -hmm. every post is hitting yes yeah, everything is nice right now i'm yeah. like Yo, this is vibes yeah. you got a mixture from sport entertainment uh cricket whatever it is right i'm like the time flies yeah I need to do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, no, nah, I can't trust this. But you like. can't do it. Yeah. And the way they developed the app now mm. as well, like with like the recent upgrade with AI, yeah. is, okay, I use TikTok as my Google. I don't know if you do the same. You know, you're not on TikTok. No. He's not on TikTok. I'm the worst out of the boys one. Yeah. We call it TikTok. But okay, if I'm trying to look for a new cafe or something, and I'm, I know what type of like vibe I'm on, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm going on TikTok. Someone's already rated that cafe cool. Like I found a cafe. Someone goes, okay, bet. I go on TikTok, search up the cafe. Someone's done a, like a, a, a rate. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now I can go through to it. If I want to know, like, for example, like a quick synopsis on like like a movie like Oppenheimer or something. Yeah. Like that, you know what I mean? Banger movie, by the way. You watched it? Oh, amazing. Did you rate it out of 10? Well, I give it an eight. Solid eight. That's big. No. That's big. Eight. I haven't watched you it. You gave it 7.5. What's was the difference between 7.5 and eight? Eight is just like. I felt that. Yeah, okay, yeah. I think eight is like. Mm. Fair enough, yeah. Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough, yeah. Nah, but the guy I, I don't know. But also by the way, disclaimer, I'm 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 also the same guy that tells you Fast and Furious is a ten. Yeah, you're, you're my people. You're, you're my people. I can't take this guy's opinion seriously. He's my people. White uh, house down in those. Oh my god! Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah exactly. ten out of ten. Huh? Wait, would you say you're a show person? Or here and there? Okay. Depends. Okay. I've been off. I've been off TV for a minute though. Is it because yeah. of fatherhood? Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's uh, my my days. My nights are very scheduled now. Structured. Bang. Let's 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 yeah. let's switch into this. Let's uh, let's go from. Start with from fatherhood. Yeah, we'll start from. Yeah, let's let's start from. Actually, yeah, we'll start from my fatherhood. Mm -hmm. You know, but before we start with fatherhood, just like for our listeners and all that that don't know, like we got our boy Hunted on, um, and if you just give a rundown, like what do you get up to on a daily basis? Like who is yeah. Hunted? How would you describe yourself, fam? How is Hunted? Um, that's a good one. Um, firstly, thanks for having me on, boys. Yeah, appreciate it. You know, uh, love the pod. Love, 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 love what you guys are doing. Who's handed? But I'm a young black man. Am I, am I still young? You are definitely. <laughs> young. Huh? Am yeah, I still yeah. young? No. Always asked me before as well. Like, yeah, how old's handed? Do you get what I mean? Yeah. And then after, can I bet your age? Yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ali's 26. Yeah. Yeah. And then after, I was like, yeah, Hannah's like 26. Then I realized, 
nah, he's older than Han, uh, like you're older than him. Yeah. And I'm thinking, damn, the like as you get older, the age starts to change mm. in terms of like its meaning. Because when I was younger, I used to mm. look at 26 and be like, oh, damn, that's old. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah, full grown man and stuff. You're yeah. like a full grown man. Everything's sorted and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, nah. But right, right now, I'm I'm 29 right now. Yeah. But, but I feel hella young, man. I think it's not a big difference, though. I reckon nah, at a certain age, maybe 23, 24, it's that 10 year or even eight year period. I feel like mm. it's very similar. Bro, I'm a firm believer. You know I, what, what I always say, right? Your life starts at 30. Mm-hmm. How come? I, I feel like I'm just getting started, fam. That's yeah. true. Like, literally, I'm just getting started. Like, you know, young family, got a couple of kids, alhamdulillah, I'm married, you know, uh, doing my career, doing well, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm just gone, man. I'm, I just started right now. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah, I think like 30 to, to 60, you know, we're going to make yeah. it happen, inshallah, you know? Exactly. Um, but what yeah, they, no. What do they say, like 30 is when it's like your 20s, but with money? 100%. Is that what yeah. they say? Yeah. yeah. Like, what's wrong with that? Yeah. yeah. yeah that <laughs> sounds beautiful. But you know, you know what's weird? Like, a lot of people, like TikTok, for example, right? You see all these posts, and Instagram too, it's weird. You see all these posts about, oh, people born in 1993, 1994, 30 is coming. It's so depressing. It's sad. Mm-hmm. Why is it sad, fam? Yeah. Like, it's yeah. a beautiful time. You're 30 years old, you know, you're not old, you know, but you're not young, but you're still alive, you know? That is Live true. that, enjoy that moment, you know, do what you need to do. 100%. Embrace that, change your, your, your growth. You know, you've grown, you've become a better person, X, Y, and Z. Yeah. But yeah, um, but a bit, a bit about myself, man, you know, uh, yeah, so African, Australian, Somali, yeah. Somali born. Um, I'm a community development practitioner, youth mentor. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a. You know, basketball coach. You know, back in the back in the day, um, and yeah, but I've been I've been working in the space in the community space for the last six seven years. You know, yeah, let's touch into that. Let's let's touch into that. Uh, what got you into it, fam? But I do not know. Yeah, I I do not know. I've always been passionate. You know, I've always been vocal, um, and I've I've always been that go to guy in the area. For example, yeah. what's the haps? What are we doing? Organizing the, the okay, so you're an organizer, yeah. Yeah, boys, I'm playing soccer today. We're going to movies today. Like, what's the vibe today, right? So I've always loved organizing, bringing people together. Um, and I think as I got older, you know, I started to mature up, and you know, I started to see a lot of the disparities that happened in the community. You know, so things that were affecting me, things that were affecting my friends, my community. You know, I'm like, mm, who's talking about these things? Yeah. Now we see there are struggles, there are issues, there are barriers, right? But the voices weren't there. There were leaders on the ground. There were community leaders. You know, there were pioneers that have been in the space for quite some time. Yeah. But who's talking from the youth lens? You know. Yeah. So I started like, you know, chiming in on conversations. I started going to meetings. And I started getting involved in my local council, yeah. um, touching base with community organisations. And then it's when I started doing some volunteer work, and it really started from there. You know, I started doing some volunteer work. I'm like, hey, listen, I actually enjoy this. I used to work um, as a pickpacker. Mm-hmm. So before everything, I was doing warehouses, etc. A bunch of blokes having a laugh. This is mm. that, and it was interesting because is it, is it story time? Yeah, yeah story yeah, time. Go, go deep, of course, oh, bro. Um, Hit us. It was in 2016. I'd say um, I was working a very good job. I was working. I was probably getting paid like forty six dollars an hour. I was, I was young, but the world was at my feet. You know, mm. um, I didn't feel content. Wallahi, I didn't feel content. Yeah. I felt weird. I'm like, listen, this isn't it. Also, I'm making the money, but I'm also getting involved in some weird type yeah. of situa- situations, yeah. scenarios, you know? I'm kind of at that that risky stage, you know? Experimenting, et cetera, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And to shape the picture, that's what, like you're 22, 23? Yeah. 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 Um, prime age, fam. Prime age, right? 
Um, Thirties prime. Yeah, but like twenty-two, that, twenty-three. Wow, right? Prime age was a lot of money. Yeah. And then mum and dad, uh, you know, mm-hmm. at me, boom, what are you doing? This, that, I wasn't making the best decisions, you know? Yeah. And it was one day, bro, no joke. So my cousin uh, moved to China. Oh, wow. My cousin <laughs> my, so my cousin moved to China and he was out there in China doing some language studies, right? So he was out there a bit before me. And I got on the phone to him. I said, yo, listen, what are you doing? How is it? Blah, blah, this, just that. And he was telling me about what, what he was seeing out there. No joke, right? No word of a lie. It was one random night, probably like 3.30 in the morning. Just grabbed my MacBook, went on Webjet, and I booked a one-way ticket to China. Really? Wallahi bi'atala. What? I booked a one-way ticket to China. Mind you, I haven't spoken to my mum, my dad. I haven't spoken to work. I haven't spoken to no one. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, bro, I'm, I'm going to get out of here. My reasons being was, right, I don't know who this person is. Like, I'm here doing this, but who's hunted? What do I stand for? What, are, what am I about? What do I want to do? I've always been in the, that group. Yeah. Everything in my life was the group, the boys, the homies, the brothers, the athletes, you know? Yeah. I never knew who I was. I think that, that's, that's, that's the same for a lot of the young people today, you know? Is, yeah. Long story short, boom, booked, booked a ticket. I went to China, but I made the decision. I'm like, listen, you know what? I don't want to go see my cousin. Mm-hmm. You do you. I need to go on this journey and find myself. You're just going to jet- go somewhere else. So booked a ticket to the southern part of China. So right under Guangzhou. Uh, it's called Hainan. It's yeah. a small city called Haikou. Right? Um, stayed there for a year and a half, close to two years. No family. No friends. No connection. Don't speak a word of Chinese. Just made it happen. So wait. <laughs> I'm trying to Let's fa- start there, I'm huh? I'm trying to understand. <laughs> yeah. So what was the... When you got there, mm. what was your initial idea or like plan of spending your time because language barrier is a huge thing yeah i was in spain a few months ago and i understand the language barrier it can be like you kind of feel like you feel like an outsider yeah and you you feel very lost as well at the same time Mm -hmm. how was that at the start initially it was hard the first three months was probably the most challenging three months of my life just buying food Mm. Like those days where I'm just I'm on, mind you their internet's all all messed up and yeah, they got all these yeah. weird apps right blocked stuff trying, yeah trying to go Google Translate halal food yeah um trying to find a mosque trying to just speak normal language you know everything took so 10 you, 15 minutes what do you have in mind though so nothing like obviously you yeah it impulsively at yeah. four a.m. at night I I got there um so I I got there through a scholarship right because okay. to stay in China their their visa situations are pretty difficult right yeah. so you got the tourist visa. That allows you like probably 30 days, right? But for me to stay there for a longer period of time, I had to go there as a student okay. to learn the language. Sure. So being from Australia, I somehow finessed a scholarship yeah. to the Hainan, um, something, English school, whatever it is, right? A lot of international students. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I got a scholarship. They gave me a room, a bed, everything. And I'm just there learning the language. Yeah. Learning the language, learning Chinese, etc. cetera. Um, then I started teaching English. I got a job there, so I'm making money now, right? Mm. And I'm just by myself. For sure. I'm just by myself. But what that did was, bro, wallahi, one of the most transformative experiences of my whole entire life. Mm. And I know not a lot of young people can do this, yeah? Yeah. But that year and a half, wallahi, if I didn't go through that experience, I wouldn't be the man I am today. Hands down. Would you say a lot of it is figuring things out yourself? Going through the, like, going through the hard way? The struggles. Of course. Also, would you say the English job in terms of maybe feeling that reward of helping others? Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I think the job the job was interesting because I got approached at Subway okay. um, in China, you know, because yeah. I, I was missing, you know, some some food back home, and I saw yeah. a Subway, hella expensive, right? Yeah, and I'm there, and then this guy sits down next to me. He goes, "Where are you from? This stuff from Australia? Oh, Odalia. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's me, you know. Yeah. He goes, oh, "What are you doing here? I'm, I'm kicking back." He's like, he goes, "Listen, um, do you, do you work? Do you have a job?" I'm like, nah, yeah. so I've got a school over here. Um, would love for you to come teach um, some English. I said, but I haven't got any qualifications, you know. Yeah, your passport, Odalia, Odalia. I did that. But wallahi, it's, I think being by yourself is, and I think a lot of people realise this during COVID, where it's twofold now, you know. Mm. Once you're isolated and you're by yourself, it could be a negative and a positive too. True. Yeah, definitely. Because the negative, well, obviously you're by yourself, you start to realize the things about yourself, certain traits, this, that, you know. That's when the mental health and stuff like that come, the depression, anxiety. But also the other the other side of it is you start to really understand who you are. And that is a very, very powerful experience because once you know who you are, no one can break that. That's true. Because mm. now, before I was guided by the culture, the environment, the homies, you know, my my compass was you know was being like controlled by so many other variables right yeah. but no i stand on my own two feet and mm. you eliminate as well like a lot of like outside noise and like the clutter that's going on in your mm. life you know what i mean because even us as humans like the things that we get up to on a day-to-day basis often like it's just a form of distraction mm-hmm. you know but then when you go into that form of like isolation whether it's like you get away for a little bit or you go on this like long trip mm. it allows you to like start having your own natural thoughts as well you know yeah you start unpacking what's really there who you really are yeah and whatnot and it's uncomfortable experience as well would you Mm. say oh yeah Uh, oh of course of course because you start to realize your downfalls too true you know that's where the negative side of it kicks in there you go you know and if you hone too much into those negatives yeah it can be self-destructive 100 100%, but i think the the best thing i did was um but i think journaling yeah was amazing oh you're an advocate for journaling oh i i actually i have to be honest i stopped yeah okay i stopped um but at the time you at were. the time bro i had like four or five notebooks oh, yeah. oh wow wallahi Very consistent, and yeah. just uh, writing writing with a past future present everything that was in my head for sure. this, the journaling started when you were overseas yeah. in china yeah literally yeah. by myself got, got no friends well i'm yeah. you know i'm a heavy advocate for like not journaling per se, but like just overall documenting. Mm. You know, like whether it's in digital form or whether it's in written form or whatnot. Mm. But it allows you to like just recount because I consider myself a sentimental person. I think that's what I came down to. It, you know what I mean? Mm. I'm like that type of person where, like, I'll see like a nice little photo of something of like a memory or whatever, but mm. I'll try to keep it. So later on, like, I look back at it and it's like you can, you can sort of because when you capture that like that one moment, mm. yeah, you can look back at it and you can reminisce of everything you're feeling the vibes and what type of state that you're in and journaling sort of allows you to do that as well you know except it's in written form Mm -hmm. so later on when you look back at it because going back to the whole life thing Mm. yeah now we've got social media we've got school we've got to keep up with our friends what are they up to Mm -hmm. then we've got work everything is like go 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 Mm -hmm. so in a matter of like not literally two days but like two days five years have gone down Mm. and then you go and recount what happened in the last five years you can't remember nothing exactly if you document it like right now if you were to if you still have that journal Mm. you pull it out and you look back i was 22 in random is it hanai hanan yeah yeah. you go back and you go oh damn i was living life differently you know Mm. what i mean and also in a sense as well you start to become a little grateful as well of course of course you know you know what's interesting what i do still have though um i lost i lost a lot of my stuff i lost a lot of my textbooks etc 
what I still have is um it's interesting. I got married um in two thousand nineteen. Okay. So a couple of years after I got back. But um my my wife, Alhamdulillah, we were talking that initiation, that talking phase, you know, while I was still in China. Yeah. And it was interesting because I had this piece of paper that I wrote down everything I wanted to do when I got back to Melbourne. Okay. Like step by step. Yeah. I said I want to do one all the way down to ten. And I systematically ticked everything off. Mm-hmm. You know? I want to do one uni, school, work, buy a car, get married, kids, this, that, you know? Sah, sah, sah. It's my playbook. Mm. You know? Mm. Start ticking off one by 100%. one. 100%. And I look back at, uh, alhamdulillah, I ticked everything off, yeah. right? But I look back at that list now. It's like, you know what? If I didn't write this down, and if I didn't commit to this, how am I going to hold myself accountable? That's true. You know? And that's the good thing with the writing. Sorry, Lance. Exactly, sorry, yeah, but, but those, those are my goals, right? Yeah. I'm by myself. What does Hamid want to do? Mm-hmm. Forget about everything else, right? What's important to you? So especially with the work I do with young people, you know, it's about goal setting. Mm-hmm. You know, short term, sure, three, six, twelve, mm-hmm. you know? Let's break it down, right? You know? So write write down those goals and then start ticking them off. Yeah. Those are small wins, you know. And how you feel it's that it's that sense of you know you, achievement. Yeah, it's like well, I feel good because yeah. I did it. Exactly, you know? and plus they say like a problem written down is a problem half solved. Mm. Like you're halfway there, yeah. you know what I mean? Because now you're conscious, you're aware. Okay, cool. This is that, and then now the only thing that's left from there is like to start getting into like the action plan and of getting course. to that stage where you yeah. actually like tick it off. You know? Yeah. Because a lot of people ask, "Oh, where do I start?" Yeah. Something like that. You know what I mean? Just write it down. Have yeah. a thought. You know? Because usually when it's in your head, it's just mm. a dream or it's an idea. Mm-hmm. Bounce off that. Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting is. Like obviously not everyone's going to get the opportunity to go overseas like mm-hmm. yourself or even us to be able to, like you could say, take a step back from your life in Melbourne mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever city you're living in and write down your goals. How do you start with some of these, like the youth in terms mm-hmm. of step one and two goal setting or? Yeah, it's, in- it's interesting. I think it depends on where they are, you know, mm. um, not making it too complex. I think when... When we when we talk about young people, I think sometimes it's we put a lot of pressure on them, which is it's all love as well. Huh? It's all just wanting the best for them. Yeah, one hundred. Yeah, but it's just about working with them at their pace. You know, I'm a firm believer in you know as practitioners in the space. You know, our job isn't to just tell young people what to do. You know, but it's we have to actually walk alongside them. You know, support them. They're gonna fall down. They're gonna make mistakes, etc. You know. But it's about helping them get to where they need to go, where, where they need to go, right? So in regards to goal setting, just kind of make it as simple as possible, you know? Start with your three. Start with your short-term goals. What do you want to achieve, you know? Um, I think my, my mentor once, once told me, you know, low-hanging fruit, mm. quick wins. What are a couple of things you can do within the next couple of months, you know? Bang, let's get those towards that first. Yeah. And then we'll start walk, working towards the, the bigger things, you know? Um, but I think it's hard because bro, Melbourne is... Melbourne's Melbourne, bro. Melbourne is, it's, it's, there's a lot happening. And it's yeah. a small place as it's well. It's a small place. Yeah. You've got the, the, the culture, everything, social media, everything's kind of going around, right? Yeah. Where, where do you break away? Yeah, exactly. What we does that look like? Uh, you're right. Well, you're right. A lot of people don't have that luxury where, you know, alhamdulillah, I was working. I can afford a ticket to go to China and just live out a year and a half out there, you know? That's true. But for those who don't have that, the resources or that luxury, okay, well, where, what's their go to? Yeah. Where can they go? How do you escape from this bubble? 
Because yeah. you need that though. Well, I, I, I'm not too sure. A lot of young people I speak to, they're confused, they're stressed, they've got uh, high levels of anxiety, and they're lost, right? How do you take them out of this environment just so they can think? So how do you? It's a tricky situation. It's, it's tough. Because you know? it's, it's, it's a good point that you mentioned, like that you, you got to acknowledge the fact that we, like I can say I had those luxuries, you know what I mean? You had those luxuries mm. as well. And on top of that, then you've got like a family. I, I don't know if your family was accepting of that, mm. but you've got a family that's accepting to like allow you to just like, cool, like jet, you know what I mean? Go mm. overseas. So it becomes like that like techie situation. And then also you're at that ripe age where like the decisions your friends make and being on social media have mm. like a big impact on you. Yeah. You know, so it becomes like proper like techie. Mm. I think so social, I think social media has changed the game to be honest. Um, especially with how young people perceive the world mm-hmm. when they're living, you know, um, and it's scary. You know, it's it's, a, it's an uncontrolled environment. You know, it's a big bad world out there. You know, but for example, if we look at how young my little brother, who's thirteen years old, remember, right? I met him. Yeah, 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 little, yeah. yeah, yeah, little Adam. So he, he he can be on TikTok and, but he's exposed to so much. Yeah, who's safeguarding that? True, and that's what he makes the world out to be. Exactly, because you know, his world is what he sees on, of course, like social media. Like someone was telling me, I remember a lady at work was talking about how, like her her little kid who's like in grade one or something like that was mm. getting bullied at school, mm-hmm. you know. And one of the other ladies is like, um, but the bullying didn't stop because they were trying to go to the game on the weekend the other day, the on the Friday night, the Carlton Collingwood game. Oh, yeah, God, you were yeah. at that, weren't you? And you were watching that. I, saw I, you I, don't wanna, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Collingwood fan. <laughs> Heavy Collingwood fan. Yeah. Never met a Somali Collingwood fan, by what the way. Hey, there, we, yeah. we, got, we got a little... Just respectfully hey. saying, do you get know what I mean? Oh. Usually I'll kind of not yeah. representing the black and white. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, so then she was trying to take him to that Carlton Collingwood game and the kid wouldn't go out, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the reason why he wouldn't go out is because he left school, came home, but the bullying doesn't stop even when he's at school because now mm-hmm. he goes home to his Instagram or his Snapchat or something like that yeah. and the bullying like still persists. And one of the other ladies was chiming in and she was talking about how like back in the day that wasn't a problem, you know? Like the most it would go to is like your walk home after school, mm. you know, where you just like encounter bullies and all that, you know? And it becomes like a bigger problem. Social media is deadly, bro. Mm. Like very. It's, it's the high exposure to, if we, if we talk about violence, mm-hmm. for example, right? You could, for a young person, you could be the you could be in the comfort of your own home, and be exposed to serious levels of violence, bashings, brawls, stabbings, etc. Then your sense of safety is, you know, is decreased at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. within your own home, you don't feel safe because yeah. you know you're seeing those videos. Yo, that's my local park. Mm-hmm. That's the shopping center. That's the train station. So your perceptions have changed now. You know, I gotta I gotta start moving differently. The way I navigate my community, I, I've got to start changing the way I move around the community, right? Exactly. So I'm taking the long way home yeah. to school now. Or I'm changing my routes. I'm not catching that bus anymore. I'm not walking past that uh, shopping centre, et cetera, you know? Yeah. Um, and they're young. They're young. I think we we grew up in a completely different time where we were just navigating, man. It was trial and error, you know? Yeah. With social media wasn't as advanced as it was, as it is today, right? But especially with young people, bro, they document everything. True, yeah. Everything yeah, the fans always out. Uh, yeah, it's it's scary to and a point. Exposed culture is a big thing as well. You I, know what I mean? Uh, you get caught liking Snapchat, but yeah. you get shared around. You get chucked pig mm. face, pig emoji on it, and then. But you know it's I mean? it's weird because 
So I, I do a lot of work with schools, right? Yeah. I do a lot of work with schools um, and communities in general about about these issues, about youth crime, uh, knife crime, uh, and violence, etc. You know, and it's it's unfortunate because let's say for example back in the day, you know, you hear about brothers have a bit of a scrap, have a bit of a one on one, right? No one will see a video. You just know those two brothers had a bit of a you know argy bargy, right? Yeah. I last day, shake hands, call it a day. Nowadays, you didn't have a fight unless you record it and post it on social media. But then now, let's look, let's look at this now, right? Whatever you, whoever it is, the young person who got bashed or the young person who's doing the bashing, right? Let's say for the young person who got bashed, the victim of this, right? He's been put on social media. There's a video of him now on the floor, getting stomped out, being called words, you know, you're this, you're that, blah, blah. That travels around the whole entire school mm-hmm. and to the neighbouring schools. Mm-hmm. That young person has to go home now. Put yourself in that young person's shoes. Everyone's calling me a punk. Everyone's calling me a clown. This video is everywhere, right? Now, for that young person, what, what is he going to do? Retaliate. You feel me? Yeah. If he has the to ability. To, like, so-called back himself. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But imagine if there was no cameras involved. No. Mind, but mind the way, this, is, this isn't us condoning violence. But I'm yeah. saying, like, imagine there was no cameras involved, yeah, you know? that's true. I, we had a bit of issue. It is what it is. Two brothers had a bit of you know, some, some, some fisticuffs. Yeah. I class, you know, shake hands and call it a day. It's normal. Yeah. But once you put it on social media and once the disrespect comes along with it, it makes it so much hard to de-escalate yeah. because now it's a tit for tat. True. You feel me? Egos are at the line. Egos are at the line. My pride, my yeah. reputation, my name. You yeah. feel me? For sure. And then if you look at... Bro, youth crime has always been here. Yeah, it's not yeah, something yeah, know, yeah. Yeah, It's, you know, the media, and this is how they'll tell you, but yeah. this has been here for centuries, bro. For not sure. centuries, but it's been here for a while. Yeah. It's not a new phenomenon, yeah. right? But it's how things are playing out today, which is a bit more interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's glamorized. The bigger, the badder, the stronger, the more violent, you know? It sells. Yeah. Violence sells, yeah. crime sells. And because you know? people are going to see those videos, it's like, okay, if I do this and that, mm-hmm. people are going to know that. And that's the word, and that's my reputation. I'm going to look even better. Like, mm. but and the clicks works. and the likes come in and the yeah. shares. Mm. Attention. And it all goes back to ego and reputa- uh, reputation as well. But yeah, but is, it, is, it, is it worth it though? In the long run, definitely not. Even in, yeah. that, sh- in, even in that short term as well. Mm. Like, let's just say you do get yourself in a situation like that. It's like, okay, cool. You might have like one up this one guy, you know mm. what I mean? But then for all you know, now the situation starts having a domino effect. Mm. Then his boys gets involved. Mm. Then, then it becomes like we see nowadays. Then it becomes like neighborhood war almost. Yeah. Or postcode war, you know, where it's like, okay, cool. This area, one of my guys from this area had beef with this guy from this area. Yeah. And now kids can't walk around in those yeah. areas. It's a, it's a you, start getting, you start to get involved before you even know it. Mm. Yeah. And at the end of the day, associated with that area. Mm. Yeah. And we're a community at the end of the mm. day, you know, and especially coming from a Muslim community as well. You've got communal areas mm-hmm. like the Masjid. Mm. You know, it's like then certain places are like, like low-key off-limit. Mm-hmm. They're not off-limit, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's like it, it can happen anywhere, you mm. know. And then on top of that, when you add the, 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 the social media side of things, not social media, like the influences through like, like music and the industry and all mm. that, then it adds like another layer to it, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like, and these rappers are not living this life either, you know. Like you seen that video mm. of um, was it Lil Tecca? Yeah. On when he was on like Genius, and then after he st- he has the, what's that viral song that he had? It was popping just before COVID. Lil Tecca. There's one that? song. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Sh- don't worry about the song anyway. Mm-hmm. But he had this one song, and he's just like rapping about let's just go sex one bang. 
He goes, no, nah, I got a girlfriend, bro. I'm not even sleeping around like that. You know, then he goes, oh, I, I'm carrying a Glock or something like that. He goes, I don't even have a license, let alone touch one in my life. Yeah. You know, and then, he, then he's talking about drilling like mm-hmm. other guys, you know. And he goes, nah, like, I'm just at mm. home half the time. Mm. You know, it's like, they will tell you themselves they're not living it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and then after, then that influences the kids and they start to adapt to that. It adds that extra layer of it, mm. you know. And the other thing is, these kids don't know better. Nah. You know? Nah. Um. I was going to speak but about it, a situation I won't speak about. Yeah. But it's like you get put in that situation. That situation happens. Mm-hmm. But because everything happens so fast, yeah, later on when you get that moment of isolation, going back to like the China conversation mm. or whatever, you're like, shit, you know what I mean? Mm. Like, damn, why did I do it? You know what I mean? And you know, you know what's interesting? Yeah. I think if you look at, so I'm 29, right? Yeah. Maybe you guys can relate to this. Well, you know all the boys our age, right? Yeah. The brothers back in the day used to have argy-bargies and the different areas. Of and, course, you know, yeah. Brother, we're all homies now. Yeah. yeah. You know that, yeah? It's true. It's amazing how that works. Brother, like, everyone's married into, like, everyone's families. Yeah, and you yeah, see yeah. the boys around the gym, this, that, you know? The brothers used to be for back in the day. Brother, it's blessed now. <laughs> and then you look at this and you're like, yo, we used to do all that all that dumb nonsense stuff for what? You know, it, it literally doesn't make sense. Mm. But, come, but coming to your point. But bro, sorry, I just wanted to yeah. say, but back in the day, guys weren't really killing each other. Especially nah, nah, from nah. the African community. No, no, no. That's different levels. I feel like that's what's sort of like changed. But then you have to look at, so you, you touched on some really good points, right? You know? You got you to look at the music. You got to look at the culture. Yeah. And you got to look at social media comes into it. And we'll speak about that, right? It's, okay, so I'll, I'll break it down to you. Like, unpack, unpack, yeah, I'll yeah. break it down to you like this. So if we look at knife crime, for an example, right? Yeah. So some some will say that uh, there's a knife crime epidemic right now. Mm-hmm. You know. What would you say to that? There is. So he, yes or no? Okay. If you look at the stats, yeah, bro, youth offending in Australia. I was at a um, impa- I sit on this empowering uh, communities um little group in Werribee in Wyndham, right? So we look at you know how we can you know do some crime prevention activities for communities, right? If you look at the data that's actually out there nationwide, youth offending is going down. Like really, really done. Wow, it's not up. Yeah, and a lot of people won't know that, would they? You know? Yeah, because shout out to Peter Mitchell, who every single night <laughs> is hopping on things. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But honestly speaking, like I'm, the, I can give you the numbers. Like youth offending is going considerably down. You know, and it continues to go down year after year, right? But it's how the media, you know, media sells, right? Crime sells, violence sells, right? How the media portrays violence and crime, etc. They're gonna put a perception in community. Hey, listen, everyone's at risk. Crime is running rampant. But if you look at the data and the numbers, it's going down. So that's fact number one. But fact number two is the level of crime we're seeing, the fatalities, the injuries, and the incidents we're seeing right now, we haven't seen before. This is different though, right? Back in the day, brothers weren't killing each other. Yeah. Back in the days, brothers weren't running around with bloody Rambo knives like this and swords and yeah. just swinging. Back in the day, we used to roam free around different neighborhoods. Yeah, I can go on a train station and go to anywhere I want. I wasn't scared. I wasn't worried, you know? So times have changed. But if you look at violence, and you touched on a really good point before, right? If you look at violence, it's how we deal with violence. In Australia, the issue is we see it as a punitive, punitive, punitive issue. Yeah. Punish, 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 punish. Someone commits a crime, throw them into prison. Throw them into youth justice. What do you rehabilitate me? The same young kids you're putting in there are coming out three, four months later and committing the same crimes. So why have you changed? That's true. Not much. Nothing. Yeah. Right? 
if you look at the, another fun fact, I think JSS, um, a local community service organization in Brunswick, by the way, yeah. did, a, did a report recently. Do you know how much do we spend per day on keeping a young person locked up? Crazy what? Ridiculous, bro. So I think it's probably like, what, two, $2,000 per day? Oh, yeah. Per day, $2,000. Was that it coming out of taxpayers? Taxpayers. Yeah. I think we spend plus, I think over $2,000 per day keeping a young person inside. That's mm-hmm. insane. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Let's say that probably that's like, that's like what a million over yeah. If you put mm. times it by three hundred sixty-five, it becomes a lot as well. Okay. And then, but then that's I'm guessing per person, per, per young person. Yeah, per young, per young person. person. You times that by yeah. the amount of people yeah. that are actually like kept so up in there. You you look at that now, right? Yeah, we're spending millions and millions and millions of dollars just to keep these young people locked up in a box. Mm-hmm. Mm. Why why isn't that money going back into communities? Yeah. Why are we funding grassroots communities, homo clubs, leadership programs? Sporting programs, employment uh, activities, you know, counselling, therapy, etc. We're spending millions of dollars just to keep these young people in a in a three by three box. Yeah, but not even that, family. Like yeah. You can probably tell me as well, yeah. Yeah. But even like like word on the street. Yeah. But like even when they do get locked up or mm. like people go into prison, and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. Then the prison is not really that bad, apparently, compared to like what we've got in like different countries. You know. Yeah. Hence why the reoffending rates. Are I don't know. If, I don't have the stats for this. Yeah. Are high enough where people keep coming back and mm. now they prefer to be there. Yeah, because first of all, they don't know any better. That's mm-hmm. one thing. So obviously, there's the need for rehabilitation in that mm. sense. Yeah. But then also, it's like, like a punishment is got to be worthy of punishment, so someone doesn't reoffend. Mm. Or else, then that punishment is null. Mm-hmm. You know. So if if you know you can just cop a like a slap on the wrist or something, mm. and you just cop being out, it's like of course you know. Yeah, it's. It depends, you know. I like to break it down into different categories. There are young people that are prolific offenders yeah. that have been in and out of the system countless times. They've become so numb to it where it's normal. Mm-hmm. It's like their second home, you know. But then some of the young people are working and they're in youth justice, etc. Right? Hey, they do it. They do it tough, yeah. especially during COVID. COVID was particularly a very, very tough time for some of these kids. For sure. Obviously, you, you guys would have heard um, some of these, um, you know, the, park, the Parkville and the yeah. Malmesbury and some of these youth justice centres, they got severe staffing issues. It's no surprise. Yeah. Staff can't work there. It's a, it's a very high-risk environment, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, they can't work there because of yes, the uh, money in that? Oh, no. Nah, oh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure about the money, but yeah. it's just about the risk and the young people and the job, uh, the, the, the job in itself, you know? Yeah. It's just a lot. So what happens is if there if there isn't enough staff in those units, right? What happens is, so let's just say you've got eight, nine kids in a unit mm-hmm. and you haven't got enough staff for the day. Mm-hmm. So what they do is they keep young people locked up in their rooms for 23 hours. Mm-hmm. Wow. 23 yeah. hours, you're locked up inside your room. Yeah. Then there's a psychological effect on so that. So now, yeah, big time. So I'm, I'm, during COVID, I'm getting phone calls for some, from, from some of these kids. No joke, young kids, bro, 15-year-olds. 16, they're calling me to hand it, bro. I'm losing it here, cuz. Mm. A 15 year old saying, brother, I've been locked up in this room for 23 hours, handed, I'm seeing things. Yeah. There are people inside this room that are talking to me. He's, the kid's gone through his first episode of psychosis, fam. Yeah. So young. He goes, I'm talking to myself. I'm seeing people on the walls. Mm. I'm, I'm losing it, mm. right? It's. Habersburg, youth, youth justice, bro, it's a, it's a tough thing because think about it like this, you're moved away from your family, yeah. right? You have to understand because there's two things. We're not, you got, there's, there's, you got victims, you got perpetrators, right? 
But nine times out of ten, if you look at data, if you look at research, if you look at everything, right? Ninety-five. A lot, a lot of the kids who are perpetrators were once upon a time victims yeah. themselves. They've been abused. Mm. They've been neglected. You know, they've gone through some trauma in their lives, right? Yeah. So we can't just look at them as criminals. You know, they're once upon a time victims uh, as well, right? But when they're in these centers, bro, it's it's tough because there's not enough work, there's not enough resources, there's not enough programs available. And you're just literally there in a box yeah, for 23 hours. And what I tell the, the kids on the outside now, when I do a lot of my intervention prevention work is, brother, before you make any decision, yeah, before you go out there and, you know, I'm a road man, I'm a bad man, and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, yeah? Actually, let me tell you this, yeah? Go home, lock yourself in your bathroom for a day. Don't come outside. Tell me how you feel. Can you handle it? Mm. Lock yourself in the bathroom for a whole day, 23 hours. Stay there. And you're, you're, you're going to lose it, fam. Of course you are, yeah, without a doubt, yeah. But then the decisions that you're making on the outside, it's completely, it's, it's wrong. Because yeah. when, when we look at, bro, the violence that's happening right now in our communities, right? Mm. We, have to, we have to understand, with the conversation is about knife crime, right? It's wrong. What should the, the conversation be about? No, 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 the, the conversation should be, be about knife crime, right? Yeah. But it's, it's wrong as in, like, we should never, violence is never the answer. Yeah. It's never the answer. Young people should never be uh, carrying knives, you know, whether it's for protection, whether it's for to kill someone, that should never be the case, right? Yeah. But what isn't happening right now is who's talking to these kids? Mm. Think about it like this. You've got hundreds of thousands of dollars coming from governments, councils, police, etc., talking about youth crime, youth issues, right? Why is it that when I go to these meetings, when I go to these events, where are the kids? That's true. Fam, where, where are the youngins? Yeah, half the time they're bored. You know, like, and and when I say bored, it's not bored because mm. like they don't get that I don't know that that kick out of life, but it's because mm. they don't know anything better to do. Mm. You know, like they don't have like your older cousin, for example, mm. who says, "Oh, bro, there's an opportunity like that." Because mm. if you don't know any better, then you're not going to do any better. Mm. You know, because you don't have that like knowledge type of thing. So exactly. going back to your whole point as well, mm. it's like yeah, they're not criminals first, obviously. <sighs> you know, it's just because they don't like know any better. But I was going to lead to that point. Yeah. There. What's your thoughts on like I guess. The white sediment out there, you know, like you see like a Facebook post after, like the Facebook comment section after mm. Peter Mitchell, um, Mitchell um, does like a news report on, mm. okay, these certain demographic of gangs are running wild, mm. you know, and then he's like sending back home and all that kind of stuff, yeah? What's your, I was going to lead to a point, what's your thoughts on like the sediment out there, like, are we being too, yeah, that's what I was getting at, are we being too hard on them, are we being too soft on them, what's your thoughts on that? It's... I, I, I personally, I think in my opinion, I think we're, we're being a bit too hard. Um, and it's damaging. Mm-hmm. It's really, really hard damaging. What, like what it's because we don't, we don't understand the full picture. Yeah. Like we don't see the full picture. We see a very small, the, we see the behavior, which is a symptom. Yeah. The action is a symptom. Yeah. We, don't, we never look at the root causes. You know, we don't actually holistically look at this person's life, you know, and the different things that, that's happening. Mm-hmm. Family. School, poverty, disadvantage, mental health, family violence, whatever it is, right? Can I play devil's advocate yeah. two seconds? Yeah? yeah. So those like systematic things, the mm. roots of it, mm. weren't they there, let's just say 10, 15 years ago when we were all youngins? Yeah, so, yeah. So then, so then what's like sort of like changed in that sense? Like I could say the influence of like, like social media and whatnot. Because mm. I feel like if anything, man, like the first generation had it harder. Like the like the first generation of mm-hmm. Somalis or 
like Lebanese back a hundred yeah. years ago. Yeah. Like fifty years ago. Um <laughs> yeah. what's it called? Had it much harder because obviously now they're in a new environment, you've got people that look different to you and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Then like I remember like when I was in school and whatnot, like I would do like all my dad's like uh, like phone calls. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, you know what I mean? But if he needed like a like a Telstra call, bang, I'll smash it up for him. Mm. Some along those lines, whatever, cool. I like I smash it up for them, you know. Mm. So you're playing that double role, you know what I mean? You got mm. the the pressure of being a student, the pressure of doing this and mm. whatnot. You know, so if anything, now this generation, and I'm playing devil's advocate, yeah, by the way. Yeah. If anything, this generation has got a bit easier because they've got guys that are, you know, doing community work. They've mm. got guys that are like on social media. They've got guys that are doctors and like actual mm. role models out there. Mm. People know? that like have have been living like their twenties in Australia as well, yeah. mm. being through your experiences or mm. similar experiences where you can reach out to. Yeah, exactly. But let me throw it back to you: Are those individuals tapping back in? Are those role models? Are those leaders? Are those older brothers and sisters? So there's a there's a disconnect between massive, there's a lack, yeah. massive, massive. So then, then 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 the the situation becomes the onus is on us then. One hundred percent. I mean, and I guess this goes back onto your yeah. role and your role as in how you affect yeah, the community. You know, it's interesting when I so when I when I go to these uh, centers and when I speak, when I do my case management and I work with these young people, right? The one thing I ask them is. What went wrong? So you look at their journey. Yeah? What went wrong? How did it happen? And you give them opportunity to kind of self-reflect, right? It's the often the trend and the theme that I get from these kids is no one understands me. Yeah. No one cares. No one listens. You got a generation of young people that are screaming out for help. But who's there? They're going, bro, they're going through some things. Like we, our generation, we can't say that, listen, the, the things that we experienced in our time is what these kids are experiencing now. These kids are navigating some treacherous environments. True. Completely different to how we lived. These kids are, these young people, I shouldn't call them kids, these young people, yeah? It's every, some of these young people, right? I don't know, I want to generalize them, but some of these young people, just going to school is a mission. Mm-hmm. Not as in going to school is, hey, listen, I've got to, Look over my shoulder. Going shopping with your mum could be a light. It could be a bit of a sitch. You're navigating all these environments, right? Where who's helping you do this? Mum and dad are working. And dad might not be in the picture. You know, school is tough where your teachers don't understand you. There's racism, discrimination, etc. You know, things happening behind the scenes, right? Um, your friends are getting into trouble. You want that sense of belonging. Where do you fit in? That's true. It's, it's tough. It's literally tough. You know? And I think we have to have some level of sympathy for them because what they're going through is challenging. You know? mm-hmm. And I think is as leaders, as elders in the community, right? It's, we, have a, we have a responsibility to, to tap back in. Mm-hmm. And I, I often say, you know, people often ask me, hey, listen, Hannah, what can I do? Mm-hmm. What's my role? True. How can I help you know, the, our young people, right? Your brothers and sisters and your family is your responsibility. That's your haq. Number one. Yeah? That's your responsibility. So you, you're not getting props for that, firstly. Yeah, right? exactly. Your blood. Outside of that, you know, you work full-time, you do all your extracurricular activities. One young person. I'm not asking you to do a million things. Whether it's one young person, whether it's volunteering four hours at your local home or club, whether it's helping two, three youngins, you know, with their resume, your cover letter, right? How can you give back? It's the small things that matter. Mm. Yeah? Imagine if each and every one of us grabbed one young person outside of our family. I said, you know what, brother? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mentor you for a whole year. 
I'm gonna connect with you for every two weeks, every month. C- catch up for a coffee. Yeah. I'm gonna support you in school, work, etc. I'm just gonna be a listening ear. That's true. It's powerful. You don't even have to shove anything down their throat. Mm. Well. It's just because a lot of problems yeah. always start because you got too much time on your hands. Yeah, you know what I mean. And mm-hmm. I know, and like I know a lot of these kids. Most of the time, these problems is because they're just kicking it. Whatever, just a little situation happened, mm-hmm. and the situation like escalates. And yeah. that was just because of too much free time. Yeah. You know, and you take away that like sort of free time away from mm-hmm. them and you, and then also on top of that as well is like you, you sort of unlock something in the young person that they probably wouldn't have thought of otherwise, mm. you know. And plus then you've got like social media going back to me. Like I know the reason why I use TikTok, for example, is like mm-hmm. it's a form of distraction. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like you go home, chuck on the office mm-hmm. on your TV and whatnot. You just want to unwind. You just want to distract yourself, mm-hmm. you know. So you've got these kids. Most of the time, they're on social media where they're distracting stuff, it's fun and games and whatnot. They mm. say the wrong thing. They trigger someone and the situation like escalates. But then if you're busy, preoccupied with something, mm. yeah, then it's like, you know. It's, uh, boredom is a big thing. It's a big thing, yeah. It's a, it's a massive thing, you know. Yeah. And I think when a, a lot of the times when, when we look at young people, right, and I'll, I'll give you this task, right. Yeah. Go to your local shopping center weekday during school hours and tell them what you see. Yeah. Down. Let's you go. see kids there? Are you bare youngins? Well, I like you see a lot. Go to your anyone listening to this, right? I hate shopping go. centers. Yeah, let's go. Just yeah. go where, where, wherever you're from. Go to your local shopping center when you know during school school times, and just look at the amount of youngins that are there. And you gotta start asking yourself questions, right? So they're not in school. They're not at home. The parents are there. Aren't there too? What are these young people doing? They're kicking it. Okay. Now, my qu- question number two, where are the services, the organizations, and the people that are meant to be supporting these kids? Mm. There's a big difference between reach and impact. Sah? Yeah. You boys do an event today. Yeah? You post it on your social media. We're doing a live podcast, community come down, right? You guys got reach. People are coming down. Mm-hmm. How are you impacting each and every one of those individuals? Two different things. Yeah. I can go on my social media right now. You know what? Hannah's doing an event. Yeah. Pull up. Hannah's doing a barbecue, right? But easy. But have I impacted you? That's true. What's the lasting effects once you do that? What, what am I doing? Yeah. Right? So I think we have to change the way we do things, you know? But our times have changed. Yeah. We can't keep doing the, the, same, the same old thing, you know? We have to adapt, yeah. right? So right now, for example... You think about you know the, the, the common word used in MySpace for outreach. Yeah, we're doing outreach. I yeah? hate those type. Of oh, yeah. it's annoying. But what are you what are you doing outreach for? Yeah. Where, where are you going? Oh, we go, we want to engage with those young people. Mm-hmm. Go to go to your local councils. Yeah, your youth services. Right? How many kids do you see there after hours? Barely any. The kids aren't there. So yeah. you have to change. So I, I tell practitioners all the time. Right, we have to move away from your desk your badge, your title, go out. If the kids aren't there, go to the community centre, go to where the kids are, go to the parks, the basketball course, go to the shopping centre and do that work, grassroots work. Because something's happening right now where these young people have lost trust in services, institutions, um, elders, etc. because if you, they're saying, you don't listen to us, you don't understand us, you don't hear us, you don't respect us, you're making decisions for us, but not informing us. And that's true. One hundred percent. It's very, very. One hundred percent because I'm telling you, yeah. I'm, I'm in, I'm in these meetings. Yeah. I, I literally sit there in these meetings, and the conversation is young people. 
Where are the youngins, fam? Yeah. Mm. You're talking about people, their lives, decisions that are going to impact them, their families, their communities, right? Where are the kids? Young people, where are they? Bring them down. That's I want to I hear from them. I don't want to hear from some 40-year-old politician, some government minister telling me about X, Y, and Z. I don't want to hear from some researcher. I value your opinion. Don't get me wrong, right? But where's the young people? Akhi, sister, tell me what you need. You value their opinion, but how much of the people that are given those opinions actually value their own opinion? Because I personally believe, mm. yeah, and like, like no offense in advance, mm. yeah, but a lot of people that are involved in a lot of these community like outreaches and whatnot mm. just got themselves involved. Like it so happened to be, and no offense in advance, mm. you know, because mm. I know there's people out there that do their job well and whatnot, yeah. you know, but then you can see the differences mm -hmm. between the people who have that like effect, you know, like once you clock out of the nine to five, mm -hmm. how much are you still like in tune with like kids and whatnot, you know? Uh, yeah. And that's where that disconnect starts because I'm mm. thinking. Because at the end of the day, if you want to talk to like a young person, you got to talk like a young person. You got to have of that course. sort of, like, of connection with them and mm. whatnot. You know, because I'm thinking from my point of perspective, it's like the event that I'm creating or the thing that I'm doing. Mm. Would I even go to it myself? Mm -hmm. or am I just doing it for the billables? Exactly. Or just to like get it out and get it done. Yeah. You know, and that's where sort of like that disconnect starts. And you're right about like. You need something like like grassroots. I want to shout out one person, Sigali. Mm. Yeah, you know Sigali. Yeah, I'm Sigali. Yeah. I, I think understand. what he's got going on with, like like shoot, 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 shoot yeah. and like how he's involved with schools mm -hmm. and how he's involved with because kids all love sports. Hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, regardless, guy, girl, whatever, you're gonna love sports or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Then you add like a Fort Locker to it, so it's mm. got that name. Then you add Asics or whatever. He could have maybe done Nike, but shout out. No, <laughs> um, and then you add that to it. And it's like, yeah. Okay, cool. And then you look up, and then after you see. Like like guys like Sagali, or then you see like a girl with a hijab on mm. and whatnot, and then you're like, okay, cool. This is my people. This mm -hmm. is kind of cool, and they end up like enjoying it. You know. Mm. What I mean? um, well, yeah, I was gonna say I'll I'll say the same thing with teachers as well because mm -hmm. I study teaching. I studied. Yeah. I'm working as a teacher now. Are you a teacher? City. English oh, teacher. I got questions for you, fam. Yeah, English teacher, bro. Yeah. So I work in the city. English teaching like foreign international students. Yeah. But then I know not just there, also like public schools. Yeah. Like Willie was saying, you can see the difference between who's there to make the impact mm -hmm. or who's there just because it's, you know, they're paying their bills, mm. you know, it's a good enough job for now, you know, nine to five, whatever it is. Yeah. But I think a lot of people don't recognize the potential impact. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, oh, sorry. Um, you know, you know what's interesting? It's heating up. Woo! Brother, let's get into it. Let's yeah. get into it. You mentioned something right now, yeah? yeah. Schools. Schools, schools, schools. I've been, I've been very lucky enough to work in a lot of schools access to schools you know do workshops programs you know talk to young people practice teachers etc right i have found the last two years post-covid very very interesting yeah very very interesting so obviously online learning um lockdowns etc young people were doing online learning for two years now by themselves in their homes teachers are not there etc right then you can now you have to look at uh, the structures now yeah some of these young people don't have the basic necessities of like a laptop, internet. You've got five, eight kids in a house. It's hard environments to learn, right? So when schools came back to face-to-face -face learning, what we, started, what we started to see is a lot of these young people are very, very much behind. So how they're catching up, you know? They've missed a lot Some of learning. Even catch up. There you go. So you know what's crazy? And this is, this is my context, right? Yeah. I, go to, I go to these schools and... I have conversations with the teachers. Teachers are struggling. Schools are under-resourced, public and private, yeah? 
uh, they're struggling, under-resourced, etc. And you look at the students, man, and it's sad. You know what really hurts me? What? What really, really hurts me is if we, if we, if I asked you right now, if you would, what would you do to go back to school right now? Yeah, go back to high school. Would you do it all over again? Yeah, I'd say yes. I'd do it hundred percent. Yeah, same. Yeah, one hundred percent. With your boys and that. Yeah, I'd, I'd go back yeah. straight away. Long what I know now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm there, mm-hmm. front of the class. I got expelled from my school. Yeah, Wait, would you be at the front of the class on a sensor? Wallahi, I think okay. knowing what I know now. Yeah. Yeah. So I you would you would change the way you were a student at school. One hundred percent. Making the most of it. One hundred percent. I'd run it back. Yeah. But uh, I, I was I <laughs> was I was a I was nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I was a troublemaker. What does that mean? Oh, just yeah. yeah. Troublemaker. Yeah. But I used to get in trouble. I got suspended, suspended, expelled. You know, I was the first person in my whole family, in my whole time family to get expelled. Jeez. What was your crime? Huh? What was your crime? I do not want to mention that. Yeah. But um, but it, it was tough. But cause, but boys, you know what the really sad thing about this is? Some of some of the schools I go to right now, and I walk through the hallways, right, and I see our young people, young people in general, and bro, it's sad. No one's paying attention in class. Kids are just sleeping in class. Yelling, screaming. There was a school I went to um, early earlier last year. Brother, it's just it's a UFC no every order, day. Yeah, Jeez. UFC. Mm-hmm. We're going brawls, fights, girls, guys. Teachers are lost, confused. They don't know what to do. Like it's really, really tough. And you know? there's pressure on the teachers. It's, it's well. a lot. There's a Definitely. lot. Of, there's a lot of pressure on the teachers. But listen, I, 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 I have to play devil's advocate too. Sometimes some of these teachers, you know. It's, there's yeah. a there's a lot of uh, some some of the boys did a research report around racism in schools. Oh, heavy, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, it yeah. is big. Yeah. It is big. It is big. You know, there was a there was there was a young person. Um, he went through something in, in a school, and then his teacher said to him, he was talking in a classroom. I'm not going to mention the young person's name, but he was talking in the classroom. He was asking for some help, you know, with the calculators. You know, very smart kid. He's never been in trouble before. Never got expelled. Good kid, right? And the teacher sees him talking in the classroom and tells him, "Hey, be quiet." If this was a slave trade back in the day, I'll be whipping you. Yo. The hell? Yo. Yeah, young person of colour. That's heavy. There's hundreds of examples. Hundreds of stories. That's, that's one. That's only one example of the person speaking their mind. 100%. And that's a, that's, 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 that's a blatant example too. Of course. Like that's like, yeah. like out there, out there. Of course. Then you got the... Then you got like the subconscious ones where you don't realise as a kid. There you go. But you leave school and then you're mm. like, oh, bang on. That's what he meant by mm. that. That's why... Like he was like moving out by that. Mm. I've always wanted to sort of have this conversation. Yeah. Mm. Um, but if you can give a take on this, yeah. Mm. What is your thoughts on the education system? It needs a lot of work. Yeah. It needs a lot of work. I think right now with, if you look at the curriculum, is it inclusive? Yeah. Like where young people are still learning about Captain James Cook and this, that, you know? Which is okay, but how is other history being taught? You know, how are we embracing all cultures, all diversities, etc. Right? Um, if you, there's a term that's out there in America, um, which is used, and you can use it in this context too. We we'll talk about it is the school to prison pipeline. Prison school yeah. school to prison pipeline, and I think you know that's really playing out today. For example, you know, you got you got young people, especially young people who come from you know low socioeconomic communities, young people who might have some behavioural issues, etc. Right? You go to school, school's meant to be a safe haven. School's meant to be a place where you're supported, you're nurtured, you're cared for, 
you know, um, you're learning, you're growing, etc. Right? But what's happening right now is, you know, I some some of the young people, especially if we're talking about young people in justice, young people coming in contact with the criminal justice system, etc. Right? The moment they're excluded from school, and I tell this to teachers often, right? I'm like, you got to make a decision here. This young person's misbehaving. He came late a couple of times. He's not passing his subjects, right? If your only alternative is to exclude that young person from school and expel that young person, right? You're handing that kid to the streets. You're only making it worse. You have to understand that the safest place for this young person to be is within these four walls. The moment you expel a young person, they're out there. Or alternatively, alternatively they go to an alternative school, you know, which is, I'll, I'll be honest with you, a breeding ground for yeah. young criminals. And then also then take into fact that like, you need sort of a record to get into another school. Exactly. So if you come in with the context, exactly, like you've been expelled. Yeah. So there's only certain schools that are yeah. gonna like and accept I, you. I have, I have that conversation with all the teachers. I'm like, listen, it's tough. Yeah. It's you know, it's you're trying to engage and build rapport, and you're trying to break through, and the young kid isn't giving you something, right? But that's when you're meant to reach out, mm. reach out to externals, reach out to organisations that can come in and support with the mentorship. Support with the guidance and, and the advice, you know, and also this is where I put a lot of a lot of pressure. Not pressure, but it's responsibility on the parents too. Mm-hmm. There has to be responsibilities on the parents too. And I understand we live in a time where we live in a capitalist environment and prices of living and food and bills. We're, we're, everyone's going through it. Mm. But I want to get into the parents bit in like a second. Yeah, because that is like a whole like yeah. I want to delve into because you're a father as well. Mm-hmm. So you're not talking from a point of perspective. Mm. It's like, you know, you you can you're experiencing of it. Of course, yeah. But just for the people listening, can you break down what um, school to prison pipeline mm-hmm. is? You know, because yeah, you might have lost them a little bit there. Yeah, so school school to prison pipeline. So it's a it's a term um, that comes from uh, America mm-hmm. and part and part of Canada. You know, so what what the research in America says is, you know, there's a high number in America, especially there's young black men. Are disproportionately impacted yeah, where young black men who are excluded from school or expelled from school they they have a higher risk of entering the criminal justice system so you have to look at the environment right so it's, it's kind of a timeline yeah the moment a young person is excluded from school they often you know face a lot more barriers with employment um, education um, what do you call it mental health and well-being alcohol and drugs there's so many things happening behind the scenes at the moment right so what happens is when, when that young person hasn't got structure in their life, yeah, and the family isn't there, and they have, they're not going to school, they're not engaging with other like-minded young people, right? You're leaving them out to where? Yeah, to the wolves. You, like, we know yeah. what's out there. Yeah, the wolves. You know? We know what's out there, right? So it's, those young people are more um, perceptible where they can get involved in crime, antisocial behaviour. They can start doing X, Y, and Z. It's a direct link. Yeah. It's a direct link. Mm. And yeah. then also on top of that, yeah, in regards to like the prison side of things, mm-hmm. is once you're in the prison system, it's you tough. got that charge to your name. Mm-hmm. Getting a job after that becomes mm-hmm. a problem. Like reintegrating into like society, friends mm. and whatnot, then becomes a further problem, mm. and it starts like that snowball effect. There was a there was a doco on Netflix that spoke about this, not social dilemma. That was about social media. Yeah, bro, you gotta watch. Um, you know Vox, yeah. Vox. Vox is like this, like news agency or whatever. Yeah. It's like you would have seen it, but they have this documentary series on Netflix called Explained. Yeah. Where they talk about like certain like topics, situations, and whatnot. And they just explain it like in detail. You know? mm. They'll talk about like 
diamonds, like the, mm-hmm. like why they're so valuable. They talk about schools and they talk mm. about these and just random facts that you wouldn't know about oil, mm. like Saudis or something like that, mm-hmm. you know. And they did a topic, um, like a video on like racism, and they were speaking about how essentially everything that you said mm. causes, like I guess it's like generational well, um, racism, mm-hmm. you know. And then as a result, when you have kids or that family specifically, they start behind the eight ball, mm-hmm. you know. And then, like, later on, they were speaking about, like, there's, like, red zones, you know, where certain, like, low socioeconomic people live. And then there's, like, other areas and whatnot. And then they end up sending their schools to the, their, their kids to those schools, mm-hmm. obviously don't have the best education. And then they sort of, it becomes like a, like, a, like, a, like a hamster wheel. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. repeating that, repeating that, yeah. repeating it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of it is perception, too. You know, perception. Perception. If you look, if you look at how are young black men perceived in communities, mm-hmm. is not yeah, not the best. Think yeah. about it. Think about it. And then you got someone who isn't from that community. Let's say for for a teacher, right? She's got a, a number of young kids in her in her classroom making some noises, right? Kids are kids. Yeah. Let's be real, right? Yeah. What is she thinking? You know, stereotypes. They're stereotypes. They're not here to learn. You know, troublemakers. This is that. Gangs. Blah blah. And you look at the media. What's the media telling you? Yeah. Thugs. Criminals, delinquents, gang members, you know, get them out of here. What's the community telling on those Facebook channels, you know? Shipping back home, right? So then you've got a young person at the age of like, what, 15 to 20, right? And you're seeing what's being said around you. So your identity is almost being formed by community. Yeah, and the, the media then, the, yeah. So, so what happens is, right, is everyone's telling me, oh, I'm meant to be, I'm meant to be dressing like this. I'm meant to be talking like that. I'm meant to be acting like this, right? I'm playing out those characteristics yeah. you feel me yeah and then that forms a, who they are yeah that forms a bit, a bit of their identity so for example peter 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 hitchner channel night but they run those stories every single day yeah and what's what's that what's that donnie what's her name man what's uh tracy grimshaw yeah she, she's gone now yeah best thing that happened to australia when yeah. she retired yeah, yeah. she ran a muck but think, but when think TV about it. was a thing but, but look but look at look at how much you know the biggest uh when, when, it, when it comes to crime in australia right yeah. uh family violence is number one yeah mm-hmm. and i mentioned to, i mentioned to you guys before youth offending has dropped significantly right but how can where, where's the where's the advert where's the talk about that True. Let's talk about everything else. But when it comes to young black men, when it comes to young men of color, mm-hmm. right? We're quick to put them in a box. We're, we're quick to marginalize them. You know, this is the issue. This is that. If you look at Channel Seven, Channel Nine, right? Uh, you're, you're running all multi-million dollar, billion dollar companies, right? Uh, so you're running all these stories about these young kids. What are you doing about it? Have you have you invested in any programs? Have you you know have you spoken to any community leaders? Have you spoke? Have you supported any community organizations? You're making money off trauma you're making money off community's pain you're making money off these kids running stories like this right what else have you done i say the same for these other corporations jd sports yeah hey yo can we can we talk about this or what is ali yeah yeah oh yeah yeah if you look at jd sports like bro bro, our kids spend hundreds and hundreds of bro we're spending everything yeah Mm. in these tech fleece shoes tns hats everything right (laughs) what do you mean tns the other day i was trying to cop a pair yeah yeah and then after like the, I was trying to cop the triple blacks, yeah? Yeah. All blacks, yeah. Anyway, then I was just so curious as to like why they sold that. I can't like get mm. my hands on one, you know? Yeah. Like if I just rock up or whatever. So I, like everything I do, I just mm-hmm. hopped on Reddit just hearing these conversations. Like yeah. Why are they like so sold out, you know what I mean? And then you just see like a massive post, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's like the stereotype of like who wears like a thug 
you know, some sort of gangster, this, that, like an essay, whatnot. Yeah. And I'm just like, fam, some people like the TNs just for yeah. the fact yeah. that they're like decent shoes, you know? Yeah, but no, but it's, it's, it's blessed. It's yeah. blessed. But yeah. let's be real, yeah? Would JD Sports be what it is if it wasn't for our well, communities? Yeah, the culture, yeah. 100%. Right? It's true. Foot Locker, uh-huh. et cetera. But how come, what are you guys doing for us? We're giving you our hard earned cash. You know? Yeah. We're, giving, we're giving guys our money, right? How you how you giving back? This is what I always say, you know, you know, Nip's hustle, bro. This guy, this guy was a legend. Yeah. All money in, no money out. Yeah. We have to start, you know, it's a circular community, you know, we have to start investing in each other. That's true. Our own brands, our own shops, our own platforms, etc. you know? Because we're giving money to all these organisations and companies and institutions, but we ain't getting nothing back. Yeah. Mm. And then you've got like, like same thing like with restaurants as well mm. you know what I mean like you've got a local Lebanese restaurant mm. local Somali restaurant down mm. the joint or something like that yeah but then after you rather go to it might be because of cost or whatever mm. you might go to like Macca's or something what's Macca's doing for you yeah that's true you know? I, I know when I go to the local Lebanese restaurant or when I go to the local Somali restaurant right that money goes to what it goes to that guy that business their family but I know that guy sponsors this organization that's true i know this 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 brother Serving or this community. sister support gives money back home yeah yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm paying what i'm at nobu's <laughs> spending 300 dollars on some sushi but nobody don't know me yeah nobody yeah. don't know you don't realize this until it comes to a point of like like a need you know because you know yeah. the, the first people to get hate mm. when things don't go individuals ways let's just say if someone wants to go down a certain route Mm. wants to fulfill some sort of like passion or whatever they're like oh why am i not getting love from the community it's like mm. bro what are you doing for the community to get mm. to, like to begin with you know mm. what I mean? it's like you gotta like thrive together you know this is the same conversation you remember like gideon was having i don't think you watched that episode Ashraf oh, was, yeah, yeah. Mm. gideon was speaking about it on you know gideon yeah YouTube, but he was like, speaking about cracks it me up. listen yeah. to the fragrant 2 episode yeah he, he was recently on yeah Alon Baddick, very, very um, wise kid you know, yeah, yeah? He, he's got a, a bit of like knowledge behind him and whatnot but he was speaking about like like a lot of the problems that exist like like in the black community and mm. you can take that out of the black community and mm. go into like specific other communities is is like they're the first to go support another community outside oh. of their own mm. but then they're the first to also complain when they're not getting like that sort mm. of support you mm. know and he went on like a whole like rant about that and it's like but why? He's, he's not wrong yeah but, but why is that though and i can i can i can tell you this in the context of community work right yeah. but i know so many amazing practitioners I know so many people that are out there that are doing some incredible work yeah. in their fields, whether it be youth work, community development, um, uh, mentoring, you know, mental health and well-being, whatever it is, right? Sport and health, whatever it is. But we all come from the same communities. We're all dealing with the same issues. We see what's going on, yeah. right? Why is it that we can't sit on the table together? What's stopping us? Yeah. That's very true. What is it? That's and I, I say this to every person yeah, I, I come across, right? Listen, forget your title. Forget your organisation. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care what position you're in. My brother, my sister, right? What's stopping us from sitting down today and talking? Mm-hmm. If we can't put egos aside, and this is that, and have a discussion as brothers and sisters on how we can better support our people, Yeah. How do you expect these youngins to do the same? Mm. You're out here preaching to, to these youngins saying, hey, listen, boys, girls, it's not worth it. Mm-hmm. This is that blah, blah, you know, peace, family, harmony, community, unity, right? You're preaching that, right? But how can we ain't sitting down? Yeah. It's we have to change the norms within our own communities, mm-hmm. right? Because right now, and I'll be honest, boys, we're at a crossroads. With? 
it's everything right now. We're at a crossroads because, especially in the context that I'm seeing, right? But I'm, I, I can, I can, alhamdulillah, yeah, I can, I can talk to talk. But you can catch me, bro, after after five p.m. I'm, I'm in the trenches, bro. Wallahi. Trenches being, but I'm, I'm there. There's a couple of trenches, but no, yeah. but hey, both, both trenches, mm. okay, both. My phone, wallahi, my my wife often calls me, tells me, hey, listen, you gotta relax, switch off. But I'm getting phone, I'm getting phone calls at eleven p.m. You know, youngins outside, parents kicked them out, homeless, yeah. sleeping rough. You know, the, some of the boys in the hospital. You know, being banged up. You know, things happening with with some of the youngins going through some you know mental health issues, etc. Yeah, it's more than a job. It's not. It's not a job. It's yeah. you, you got to be there, right? There's that the amount of things that we do, and I think we, there's a perception around community practitioners. You know, we're not nine to five. Where you see us in the most randomest places, bro. And we do that because wallahi, we're actually trying to create change for the next generation. Mm. The things that we do today is going to help the next generation. So when I wake up in the morning and when I go to work, when I speak to young people, I know the conversations I have with, with these young people today, yeah, it might not affect me. It might not impact them today. But I know when, for example, my kids grow up, yeah, they're in a much better environment yeah. because we put in the groundwork. And before me, those leaders before me, our parents and those community leaders, you know? And this is, this is one thing I want to speak on. You can't dismiss that, fam. Dismiss? The, the leaders, the elders. Yeah. You know, oh, there, there's a perception, oh, the uh, uncles and aunties don't know anything. Yeah, they don't they, they, They're taking up space, yeah. you know? They just do yada, yada. Hey, listen, my guy, before you were anybody, these guys were putting in work. Yeah. In ways, and like, in ways which you never had to struggle never. as well. You know, because you got to take into context as mm. well. Like like when our parents got here, whatever, mm. fam, it's it's like you can you can draw parables between your story in China. Mm-hmm. You know how you go to a foreign land, can't speak a language and mm-hmm. whatnot, and then there's people that look at you differently, and you're looking at them differently as well because yeah. they're different to you. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, then they got themselves going. They started opening up shops, putting mm. clothes on you, like education. Mm-hmm. And majority of our parents, they all done it at a young age. You know, you take that into perspective. It's like okay, they don't know better. There might be a disconnect with a lot of the new things that happen. Yeah, yeah. But like they, if anything, they might even struggled more than you to go through a lot of things. Mm. You know what I mean? And that's where I think there's also like a disconnect between parents in the household and the actual children as well. Mm. You know, because we're gonna go down this route. Yeah, mm. we'll start talking to like, we're like well, I want to talk about like parenthood and whatnot. Mm. But because there isn't that like often that like that dialogue, and and I said also another thing is like the way that that dialogue is given, mm. yeah, is not receptive. Especially to the like to the children, so it creates like that sort of barrier. Yeah. So what ends up happening is the home becomes a place of escape rather than a place of like they don't, they don't belong. They don't belong. Mm. You know, and then it's because my mom doesn't get me or my dad doesn't get me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And often they do get you, mm. but just the, the language in which you guys are speaking is like mm. like completely different. Um, but I want to say a lot of these problems we we've mentioned how like social media is at play, mm. music's at play. Um, who you sort of look up to as like an influencer at play, mm. but how much do parents play a role? Oh, massive! Yeah, I think a, a massive role. I think looking at the the family structure, yeah, and how things are. I grew up, uh, alhamdulillah, in a, in a two parent household. You know, so when I used to come back home from school, it was hey, listen, you eat homework. True. No two ways about it. Random question. Yeah. Do you ever eat as a family, or you you ate? Oh, oh, it's a big question. Be honest, wow. yeah. 
here, here, here and there, mum, mum would often just put everything in the pot, you know. Yeah. And then it, it depends, it depends. Yeah, but you know what's interesting now, though, right? So we implemented my little sister, who's also a teacher, um, Holden. So we we implemented this new thing where quite recently too, um, family Sunday dinners. Amazing. It's big in our in our household, you know. That's huge. So su- Sunday dinners where we all get together at mum's house, you know, every Sunday, yeah. the whole family's feasting. Siblings or cousins as well. Uh, siblings, cousins can come down, you know. But it's yeah, just the whole family's there. From the youngest to the oldest, my mum and dad are there, and we're just talking. How's your week? How's your day? Where do you go? What's happening? This that you know. It's just it's a time to kind of just sit down, and just relax. Um, maybe we didn't have that uh, growing up. I know I didn't have that growing up because I know mum and dad were just working, working, working. Yeah, yeah, trying to keep the lights on. And I know what you mean exactly. From yeah, I remember when I was a kid one time. Yeah, I remember specifically primary school. I was in like an Italian class. Yeah, yeah. shout out Singarita. Yeah, but I was in an Italian class, and then there was this like question. It's like. Oh, what time do you have dinner? Mm. I'm like, is there a dinner time? <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, wait, is there like a scheduled like dinner? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm thinking, right, like I gotta like I come up with a time. So I wrote like six p.m. or something along those yeah. lines because I see the guy next to me writing six p.m. or this person writing six p.m. Yeah. I'm thinking, and I grew up in a family where it's just like chuck on a plate, whatever, cool, mm. eat. You know, what I mean? if you catch yourself together in front of the TV, bang on, something like that. Mm-hmm. But like a set time was like never there. But then, like as you get older, you see like you like the importance of that. You know mm. what I mean? Like similar, I know this family as well, um, like my cousin's family, who have a certain time mm-hmm. where they're at their immediate families, like because their parents are, like now old and whatnot. Mm. You know what I mean? And obviously, when you move out of the house, uh, yeah, the, the structure changes mm-hmm. a little bit. I had that. You had that as well. Yeah. So basically, for me, I was literally like that person asked you. Mm. So I I just remember vividly growing up it would be like roughly six p.m. But it's like guaranteed. School nights, um, we're sitting all together. Mm-hmm. Parents are asking about my day, asking my mother's siblings. Mm-hmm. I've got three other siblings, so it's like a long conversation, mm-hmm. all involved. And I see it now, years like years later, mm-hmm. even just speaking with my parents and how open we are with our dialogue. Alhamdulillah, like mm-hmm. obviously it's a blessing because it becomes a stronger relationship in general with day-to-day life, being able to open up to talk about issues or mm-hmm. problems or even just talking about several topics with your parents. Because I see a lot of my friends, I see some of them, they don't have that same connection like I do with my dad, for example. And you start to realise how important that is. Mm-hmm. Very, and, very important. And mm. I, like, I'm a bit ignorant as well, where it's like, I don't know where I'll be or how I would be in terms of my connection with the elder generation in general. Yeah, of course. If I didn't have a connection with my parents, mm-hmm. as I do. Yeah. And it's a bliss though, like, you know how they say ignorance is bliss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it's good that you don't see the other side of it because, like, alhamdulillah, it's blessed and it should be like that. Like, it's like I remember I went to his house one night for dinner. I don't know if you remember yet, but it's like it's a, a it's like a nice little wholesome vibe. Mm-hmm. And mind you, yeah, my family's calm. You know, yeah. we've eaten dinner together and yeah. up, do you get what I mean? But the thing is, like, in a typical Somali household, mm-hmm. that's not really like a thing. No. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. it's like it's only things that us as the second generation or whatnot are starting to like mm. implement. You know? Yeah, it's. We have to bring back those things, you know. I think uh, times have changed, obviously, you know. Community, uh, do you feel like there's a sense of community? I think it's starting to come back, but, n- but not it's really, though. Very yeah. slow, though. Very, yeah, very, no, very slow. slow. But I think it's, if you look at the household, right, yeah. to put, put community aside, if you look at the household, it's mom, mom and dad or whoever's at home, right? There needs to be that level of involvement. I... I might cop some criticism, but it is what it is, right? But it's paying bills and putting food on the table. That isn't all parenting is. It's not enough. Well, like, there's so much more that these young people need, you know? Um, you got to 
form that relationship where like you're kind of best friends. Mm. That's true. Have those discussions. There needs to be open dialogue. You know, you got they got to know what's happening with you, and you got you got to know what's happening with them. And the only way to do that is to be curious. And often when when a lot of the parents come up to me and they call me and say, "Hey, Hannah, I'm worried. You know, my son hasn't been coming home. My son's been disengaged. You know, he, he he's been wagging from school. This is that, right?" Often one of the first questions I ask the aunties, right? Listen, auntie, um, I understand that. But when's the last time you actually spoke to your son? When's the last time you actually had a conversation with your son or daughter? You know, because running, running, running on the phone all day. You know. Uh, talking to your friends with the tarago. Yeah, but yeah. the kids right in front of you. You know, pause. Hey, how are you? Let's have a chat. And an actual dialogue. Actual dialogue. Not no, no, no band aid. Quick little thing. You know, yeah. actually talk to me about what's happening with you. Yeah. You have to. You have to have those conversations because at the end of the day, you know, the, you got the Maslow um, hierarchy needs. You know, you got the psychological. You got the safety, etc. Right. If the young person doesn't feel like they belong. The young person, if the young person doesn't doesn't get that love and that connect, right? They're gonna go somewhere else. So I tell parents this, right? If you're not keeping, if you're not keeping tabs, if you're not looking out for your child, if you're not talking to your child, if you're not asking them questions, if you're not giving them that love and that care and that support they need, right? They're gonna go to other places to find that. True. And those other places, other streets. They're gonna go to the homies in in the area. They're gonna go to the to the brothers. They're gonna get that love and that support and that guidance from other people. Sometimes those people aren't negative, aren't good influences, Mm -hmm. right? They just want to talk to them. Yeah, that's true. You feel me? Neglect is a problem. It's a massive, massive, massive problem. Because think about, I told you, was this? What's a what's a thirteen year old doing at the plaza during school? That's true. Solo dollar by themselves. (laughs) Yo, fam, where's where's class? Where's your mum? Where's your dad? Mm. Who's keeping tabs on you, bro? Mm. Like you got so you got these young people just navigating these spaces, right? And think about this traditionally how community service, uh, the community services um, work, right? It's not nine to five, but usually services finish at like seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're we're saying that after seven o'clock, all these young people are back in their rooms at home. Yeah. Come on, stop the cap. They're not right. They're not just started. We have to be innovative. Yeah. We have to find new ways of kind of engaging young people, right? So whether whether it's the school, the community centre, whether it's the local mosque, you know? We True. say, you know, every Jum'ah prayer I hear the Imam say, we want more young people to come to the mosque. We want to engage the youth. Yeah. Right, but, hey, but why doesn't the, the Sheikh and the Imam and the, the mosque team go out to the kids? Yeah. Hey, you know, you know well, where the kids are I would say sporting clubs is a big deal as well yeah. I grew up playing at like Heidelberg Stars mm-hmm. So for people that don't know It's like a soccer club Smiley yeah. soccer club And yeah. honestly like Being there Because it, when I was playing juniors It was every year but yeah. Whereas now it's like There's a year off I heard And then they come back and mm-hmm. Because there's other problems But when I was there It was consistently every year And you mm-hmm. and you see that we're keeping busy We, we make friends outside of our school Yeah. Because sometimes school isn't as Safe or you know, in the right sort of influence, yeah, as you could be. And then I remember some of the uncles would tell me, like, Yeah, it's good, you know, when I'm older, they spoke to me, I said, This is good for the kids, you know, they keep busy. I never mm-hmm. understood that until now, mm-hmm. where it's like it's so important for people to feel like busy and also have this sense of drive where it's like mm. you're playing soccer, you're watching soccer, yeah. talking, and that's where it's you the build that community. But can, I, but can I ask them though? So, if you, I, I had a couple of friends who I have a couple of friends now who have sporting organizations, basketball organizations, right. They do it for the community, but these things cost money. You gotta, you gotta keep the lights on, right? So you rely on parents paying for memberships, getting involved, you know. And these, some of these brothers, it's at, it's at a very discounted rate. 
because they understand, you know, families the struggles, right? But it's not. Listen, brother, I'm not paying for a membership. I'm not paying for, for the uniform. I'm not doing this, right? How do you expect this institution to run? You've got people that are spending their time and energy trying to engage your young people, right? And all they're asking for is a little bit. We'll do the rest. We'll support them, we'll mentor them, we'll take them to training, pick them up, take them to games, right? Just pay a little bit of membership. Yeah. But we pay you know, the movies and shopping and this, that, right? But we can't... I think sometimes, as you mentioned before, you know, it's where we're our own worst enemy sometimes. That's what it is, yeah. It's weird where we know if, if we actually want to change things, right, why can't we invest in ourselves? Yeah. Why can't we bet on ourselves? Yeah. Put the money in. Put the money in, who cares? You're, you're giving money to all these other people, right? Put the money in, bro. Support your community because these guys are supporting your kids. But I think that's where parents like, come in. You mm. know what I mean? Where you got to instill like the importance, like certain values mm. in kids where they so they acknowledge the fact that like by you spending or mm. by you pushing to like be invested in such and such, mm. that will further uplift it. Do you get what I mean? Of course. Like there's a reason why certain like white families and whatnot, you know what mm. I mean? They don't have to go through those like little struggles in regards mm. to... Um, like you see them, who the hell wants to go play tennis, fam? Like, like let's yeah. be honest, at, yeah. a, at a young age, do you get yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But the kids all drip down, all that kind of stuff. And cool, yeah. yes, the parents might have like the money and all that kind mm. of stuff, you know what I mean? But they also understand the yeah. importance of like so supporting that small little 100%. tennis club there, or yeah. that rotary club there, yeah. and whatnot, you know what I mean? Of course. So it all trickles down to the parents, you know? Can I, can I ask you something? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you a bit of a story, right? I played basketball when I was young. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I lost everything now. <laughs> I, I haven't. I'm not, I'm not nice as you now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not nice as you now. I see you, but I used to play basketball when I was young for Woodville, mm -hmm. a local club in Murrayby. Uh My dad was always working. Uh, we have a big family of nine, you know. So mum was always, always busy at home. Nice. So often I'd get picked up by one of my my coach and his two boys that were on the team. Right, always get picked up, go to the game, come back home. You know, and there was a long time where, um, obviously, you know, the parents are busy. No one came to the games. But I'll tell you this, right? There was one day where, wallahi, my hoyo, my mum and dad, both came to the game. Surprise. Yeah. That was the best game of my life. True. We lost. We got smoked. I didn't even catch a game. But just seeing my parents watching me play basketball, but you don't understand how, how that made me feel. Mm -hmm. It's the small things. Mm -hmm. It's the small things. Going to a parent-teacher interview, you know? Like, I go, I go, I'm, I'm at these schools. I'm at their parent-teacher interview night, yeah? But there's no parents. I'm calling aunties, uncles, now hey. Now you say that, yeah? Now, today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling now, today, 2023. You go to your parent-teacher interviews, right? You've got teachers there. It's a good opportunity to get some feedback on how your son and how your daughter's doing. Yeah? Talk to your teachers. A lot of the parents don't even know their, teacher, their teachers' names, right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yo, where's your mum? Where's your dad? Oh, they're not here. Then who's talking to your teachers, fam? Yeah, that's true. So I'm, I'm running around, yeah. going to every teacher. Uh, tell me how this guy's going. I have, I'm calling the parents. So hey, you like filling that role. Almost. I'm trying, yeah, you, trying, you know. But I'm calling. Hey, Auntie, I'm Shabuki Uba. What's going on? Uh, you you, you want to get down here? You know, we have to be involved because if the young people don't see, a the parents aren't involved, and the community doesn't care, yeah, they're gonna start doing their own thing. Mm. You know, you, you know what it says. Yeah. It takes it takes a village to raise a child, mm -hmm. but it also takes a village to hurt one. We're not there in those places if we're not caring, if we're not supporting, if we're not advising, if we're not mentoring. Then you can't, you can't. It's like, it's like saying, right? For example, let's 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 put this on a timeline, right? If you got a young person, struggles at home, school has been neglected, you know, um, kicked out of school, mental health issues, alcohol and drugs has gone through the ringer, 
right? And so this, this might not be the case for every young person, right? But that's, let's talk about this young person, young person X. That go, he, go, he or she goes through all of this. Why are we surprised when they end up back in custody? That's what I don't understand. Yeah. We start pointing fingers. I'm like, oh, look, look at what this kid's done. Oh, he's, he brought shame to the family. He brought shame to the community. Pause. Look at the young person's history, his journey. You can predict this almost. Yeah. So why are we surprised? Why are we saying, oh my God, this young person is in Habas? Mm -hmm. No, because why have we waited till this moment here to intervene? So that's when I say the importance of early intervention, early intervention prevention, not just in the community, but at home too. Yeah. We can get to these things at a much quicker rate, but we have to be, you know, we, we can't react. Mm -hmm. You know, as, as a community sometimes, but even sometimes working in schools, you know, we're very reactive. We yeah. wait for something to happen to do something, mm -hmm. which is completely wrong. If we know this young person's gone through some challenges, if we know the family dynamic isn't all the way there, if we know there are other external facts happening in the community, right? Let's intervene. Interact right then and there. Let's connect, let's collaborate, let's speak to each other. Yeah. You know, mm. listen, I'm not a counsellor. I'm not a, um, a therapist. I'm not a psychologist, right? So I'm not the best place to support when it comes to maybe mental health and well-being. But you know what I can do for you, right? I can direct you to the right people. I can direct you to the right organizations, the practitioners, the psychologists, etc. You know, they'll support you. What role do you play? But then we marginalize these young people, we put them in boxes, we ostracize them, mm -hmm. not just them. Think about it. And let's be real, boys, right? Yeah. When a young person goes to Habas, yeah, young person serving time. You know, you know what I always say, right? Their families are also serving that time with them too. True. Yeah. Because think about it like this. When that auntie goes to the mosque, how is she being perceived? The look is crazy. Oh, okay, yeah. When, 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 the, when the dad's having coffee with the boys, yeah? How's he being perceived? You failed as a father. Yeah, because you're associated with him, whether yeah. you like it or not. You, fa you failed as a mum. So we're pushing our people away. We're meant to be bringing them in. Wrapping our hands around them. Come, we'll support you. We understand. It's okay. Yeah. But what do we do as a community? Let's, let's talk facts. We push them away. We do. You're the, you're, you're, the, you're the black sheep. You're what's wrong with us. Go to the corner. So now that mum has been completely ostracized from community. She's got no social support. She's got no connections. Everyone's let her go. So she's gone through her own drums right now. Yeah, true. And we still haven't solved the problem with the young, you know. Think about it. Yeah. And it, 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 it's a cycle. Well, like I'm telling you right now, yeah, it's the, the saddest thing is, the saddest thing is when... Often I, I do this thing, yeah, in, in my work, I'm working with the young people, right? I like to, the day they're getting released from Habas, yeah, that, that front gate, I'm the first one there. Mm. I don't wait inside the car, I go to the, I go to the actual gate. Mm. The moment they step foot outside, well, I am there. Well, how come? Because I want, I, want, I want them to see, listen, before you even take a step to the car, yeah, brother, we're never coming back here. Yeah. Brother, we're never coming back here. And it shows like you have their back. 100%. We're never coming. You see this place right here? Look at it. Look at it. Class, we're done with this place. From this moment forward, yeah, wallah, we're moving differently. It's important. The decisions you made, I'm looking, there's no judgment. People make mistakes. God knows we all make mistakes. So, from this moment forward, we're moving differently. We're going to do things differently. We're going to act differently. We're going to put plans together. We're going to support you, right? But, but the, the sad truth is, right? There's so many young people. I don't know if you guys know this, right? In Victoria right now, there are three groups that are overrepresented when it comes to youth justice. Mm. 
the indigenous population, the African population, and the Pacific population. Yeah. yeah? I not know that, but yeah. Although, obvious, yeah. We're, although we're such a, we're, we're a minority. Yeah. We're so, we're, we over, over the charts. So when you go to these, when you go to these centers, you see all people of color. And the hard thing is, right, you can't say, hi, listen, um, they're all victims, right? Because some, some of these young people do some serious crimes. Mm-hmm. Right, murder is murder, actually. You've got to acknowledge it. Let's be real. Yeah. yeah. You know, you, you, you go around, you stab someone, you kill someone. But some of these kids are 15 years old, yeah. copying 15 years. Yeah. Make that make sense. You're 15 years old, copying 10, 15 years in a box. You have to think about the decisions you're making. And I, I think I put a video out a couple of months ago. I saw that one, the one that, yep. Yeah. Bro, bro what's your life worth to you, fam? That's what it comes down to. Wallahi, I'm telling you, what is your life worth to you? Because I'll tell you right now, you talk to all the OGs, and we know who they are, you know? You talk to all the, all the older boys that were really about it, yeah. that were really about that, you know? And you tell them, brother, was it worth it? No. Brother, was it worth it? They'll tell you, nah, cuz. All the stress, all the, all the drama, all the sleep, all the, all the sleepless nights, all the time I spent in lockup, my mum's crying, this is that. I don't think anyone who's ever experienced that has ever gone back and been like, I advocate for it. Nah. Like, let's do it again. Run well, it back. Yeah. Oh, no, no. If they, if they do, oh, they're a chump. Or like. Yeah, that's true. If they do, that person is uh, enough They've enough. Lost it, yeah. They've I, lost I, it. I want to touch on one thing, though. Yeah. Because yeah. um, like, I know, like, in the Somali community specifically, mm. yeah, mothers are the backbone of, like, oh, 100%. the family. Like, shout out. Well, I shout out, yeah. yeah. Shout out 100%. to the you know? Mm. Like, they're the massive backbone to the family and whatever. Like, I don't know. something different about... There's something different about like Somali mums in the sense that like, like all they see is their kid, and I, I'm sh- I'm sure all mothers are like that. You yeah. know what I mean? But yeah. it's like their kid is their like like their kid. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, have you seen certain reactions of, let's just say, certain um, mothers like when they find out their kid's gone to Hapsi or something along those mm. lines, and like they like their reaction, you know? Because oh. I feel like people like neglect that, like the effect mm. that it has directly. Mm. To like, because you mentioned that earlier on before, like yeah. you serve time, mm-hmm. you firmly serve time. One hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people like they think, okay, cool. Like I'm gonna go serve time. When I get out, the boys are gonna look at me and say to me, "Hey, yo, mm. like, this guy's, you know what I mean? Mm. He's certified." But then after, what about the effects that like it has on your parents? Mm. Would you shed some light on that for us, man? I think, firstly, first and foremost, I think shout out to the mums. Mm-hmm. I think um, Ahmedini. Did a speech one time at a, at a at a conference and he was speaking about the role mothers play in communities. You know, very articulate. He hit it bang on the head. You know, they're the backbone of the community. <sighs> it's interesting where I I'm in a very interesting position where I get to work with a lot of these mums, mm-hmm. who their young people are either perpetrators of violence, involved in the criminal justice system, or unfortunately, subhanallah, they've lost a, a young person to this. You know. Bro, what do some of these mothers go through? Well, like, you do not understand. And when I talk to some of these young people, and I say, brother, it's almost selfish. Yeah. It's almost selfish. Well, like, it is selfish, not almost selfish. It is selfish. Well, like, because the decisions that you make and the choices that you make in your life, you actually don't understand. It's bigger than you, fam. Yeah. It's bigger than you. It's the ripple effect. It's, it goes so far. Your family, your brothers, your sisters, your mom, your community... You know, and for for the mothers, and I mentioned to you how they're they're marginalized, right, bro? Some of these, bro, um, Malmesbury is a youth justice center. Um, they they they're closing up recently. It's, pro- it's like probably next to it's like probably an hour, an hour and a half away. 
from Warby. Long drive. So these young people that are in custody, yeah? But you see mums catching four, five, six buses, travelling hours, hours, just to go see their sons. Wallahi, it's tough. Wallahi, billah, it's tough. Bro, you see mums, subhanAllah, bro, you see a mum who lost her son, who called me and said to me, listen, Hanad, I can see my kid, wallahi, I can see my kid walking around the house. Subhanallah, Allah, Rahman, the kid passed away. I can see the kid. Look at that trauma. But you have to understand, wallahi, the, the, your decisions not only impact you, but impacts your family, your friends, your community, because once one of us is in pain, we're all in pain. Once one of us is down, we're all down. But what's happening right now is we've become so desensitized to it. Since when did this all become normal? What happened to us, Wallahi? What happened? Yeah. Brother, there was a time where one person, one person used to pass away, subhanAllah, the whole community was hurting for six months. Six months. We're all grieving together. Wallahi, now we've got kids dropping like flies. It's normal. It's conversations. Oh, what are you know, pass away the other day? Oh, what are you know, you know, you know, you know who's in hospital? When did we get like this? That's crazy when you put it that way. Well, but I, I'm so yeah, confused. Yeah. Brother, it's... But what these mums go through though, right? It's navigating the justice system for me as a professional is complex. This is, this is someone that's born and raised in Australia, fam. Yeah. You're doing all of this. For, for a mum who, who doesn't speak the language, who digital literacy isn't her thing, who doesn't know how to access the computer, just trying to get onto a Zoom to see her, her young person. To you know, talk to them, try to navigate the, the the public transport system to go and visit them, talking to all these lawyers. Brother, you see some some of these mothers, Allah Subhanallah, they sell their dahab that they got when they when they got married just to pay for some uh, some legal assistance. Because you can't trust no. you, you can't trust your kids with what legal aid. What's the, well, legal aid? Let's be honest, bro. Your kids facing a murder charge, fam. Mm-hmm. You want to give them a lawyer, right? Proper. They're paying thirty, forty thousand dollars. Where are they going to get that money from? Mm. Got to sell their gold. Selfish. Selfish. And I, and, I, and I tell these young people, yeah, wallahi, it's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. And once you actually look at the, the reasons, yeah, why? Petty. He said, she said. Postcodes. What postcodes? Actually, what are we talking about? We don't own these postcodes. What do you mean? Wallahi, I don't own this postcode because I rent my house. Actually, what are we talking about? Yeah. I don't own these postcodes. It's not my aid. Well, I'm, I'm fighting for an area that what? It's got nothing to do with me. Stay in your lane. Who are you fighting for? You're fighting this beef that it's got nothing to do with you. You don't know what's going on. I gotta back the boys in. I gotta I gotta got ride out for the gang. I gotta ride out for the homies. Wallahi billah I'm telling you right now, yeah. Because when you're actually inside and you're talking to these kids, yeah, or these young people, even the adults too, yeah. Cause you be you'd be surprised, bro. Everyone's talking. Who's, who's visiting you, fam? You're riding out for the homies, yeah? That's Are true. the homies coming to you? Yeah. Who called you? Yeah. Who put money in your, in your commissary? Yeah. When, it's all said and, when, when all is said and done, yeah, the only person who actually truly cares is your family. The only person who actually gives a shit is your family. Mm. I'm telling you right now. Bro, who's coming to you, cuz? You're in a box for seven months. You haven't got one visitor. But you're riding out for the mandem. You're riding out for the gang. Come on, man. Wallahi. It's, it's bullshit. This whole entire identity that some of these youngers have is bullshit. Wallahi. Yeah, it's bro, you know, you know what also irks me? And it is what it is, bro. 
when a young person comes back home, I can I can talk about this because I'm actually like I can yeah, see this, yeah. you know. When a young person comes back home, the first day, brand new new shoes, brand new iPhone, brand new tech fleece, but like this guy is celebrated. Welcome home. We're having a party. The hood is on tonight, cuz. Why don't we celebrate the other kids that are actually doing well in the community? The high achievers. The young person who finished the Quran. The young person who got the Ducks Award. The, uh, the young person who got accepted into Melbourne Uni for, to, to be a doctor. Mm. Well, our priorities are messed up. Proper messed up as well. What's going on? How many, let's, boys, let's be honest, right? On social media, right? How many times do we amplify the voices of young kids that are doing amazing, doing bits? Very rarely. Yeah, not enough. Brother, and now think about it, yeah? The only way to get seen, the only way to get heard is what? To be a bad man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to, you got to do something outside the Yeah, grab more I got to, I have to draw attention to myself. Yeah. I got to be a roadman. True. I got, I got to, I got to play into this, you know, persona. That's the only way people are going to see me. Mm. But you got kids, well, I got young people that are, mashallah, well, I doing some amazing things in their communities, in their schools, in their lives, right? Why are we getting behind them? That's true. Why are we celebrating that? A lot of this is affected by the kids in that, like that teenage period. 100%. Well, where they're malleable, you know what I mean? Where 100%. They don't know what's, what's right from wrong. They do, like, I'm not going to give them yeah. like, a, like an easy like pass or whatever, mm. but they're easily influenced, is probably mm. the better way, you know? So it's easier to hop on when your boy gives you praise or something yeah. like that rather than the kids that, like, is achieving mm. high at school. You've got you to gotta be careful with who, who you bring around you, though. That's true. You know, what's that quote? Um, show me your friends, I'll show you your future. That is very true, yeah. Mm. And, but the, the other thing is, like, mm. like, if there are, like, youngs listen to this or whatever, mm. like, this message is also hard to, like, fathom as well. It's, it's you know tough, what I mean? yeah. Because, yeah. Like, like, even I know when, when I was, like, younger or whatnot, mm. like, this type of advice that you hear mm. or this type of conversations that you hear, mm. it's like, yeah, cool, goes in one ear and it goes out the mm. other ear. But the thing is, if the conversation is continually having, then at least it's there rather oh, than one hundred percent just spat on. Yeah, it, you know what I mean. Because, but I, I want to say like I'm not trying to. This isn't the whole community, no, so no. We, we can't we can't generalize, right? Yeah. But we're talking about we're talking about some some young people who unfortunately make some silly decisions, right? Yeah. And the truth is, yeah, you gotta hear this, fam. Yeah. Because the truth is, wallahi, when you when you see these young people, mm-hmm. and you see them in their in their greens. Yeah, and you talk to them, they're sad, they're broken, they're depressed. They're in, a, they're in a room for 23 hours by themselves. That's no life for a young person. Wallahi, I'm telling you about all the glitz and the glamour and the fame and the respect and, you know, I'm this, I'm that. I'm telling you because Wallahi's not worth it. Because Wallahi, when you're actually there and you're talking to these kids, they will actually tell you, but I messed up. And I'd rather be out. Wallahi, I messed up. Wallahi, I messed up because my, my brother needs me. My mum needs me. You know, my family needs me. Cause it's a it's a real slap in the face, yeah. Once you actually once your once your freedom is taken away from you, yeah, that's when you get to that's when you get to see life for what it is. Yeah. And also, the other thing as well is like, like we can acknowledge like, mm. the toughness and whatnot, like that. Uh, a lot of the, the struggles that exist, like in the community, but mm. I think this is another thing that's like we should acknowledge as well is like life is hard regardless. 100%. You know what I mean? It was never made mm-hmm. to be easy. Mm-hmm. And the way that it's hard for you might not be hard for me. And mm-hmm. the way that it's hard for someone else might not be mm-hmm. hard for them. You know what I mean? It's like life is very different. It's like the, the question, the thing is now, because this is something I have a problem with as well. Mm. Like, like the world's being very, very soft like on people, mm. like especially on our kids and whatnot. So mm-hmm. it's like you got to, and I'm not saying we're a bit like, 
I'm just going to say it as it mm. is type of thing, yeah? Anyway, so the world's being very, very soft on them to the point where when something, adversity hits them or they go through some sort of struggle or whatnot, it's like, I just call hands up. I can't really, like, mm. like do much or whatever. Or I'm, I am the way that I am. Mm. You know what I mean? That's where, like, that discipline's needed as well. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, cool. Life's tough. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. But everyone's dealt like a set of cards. It's how you play them. How you play your cards, you know I mean? yeah. And it's like how you maneuver mm-hmm. and you transition from there. Mm-hmm. Because once you get over this problem, mm-hmm. well, I can guarantee there's another problem. Gonna of course. Come out, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like if we go look back at a year ago, if you reflect, like even eight years ago when you were 22 going to China, mm. you're thinking the, like all the problems that you had then, the thoughts that you're having when you do mm. your warehousing and all that kind of stuff. Any of those problems matter now? Nah. They don't matter now. Nah. You know what I mean? Mm. But now you have another set of problems. Mm. You know what I mean? But it's how you look at them and you like like of move course. forward, you know? And I feel like going back to that victim mentality thing that you said early on, it's like, okay, cool. The, the media paints like a certain image on like the community and um, it's got certain demographics and stuff, mm. you know? But that doesn't necessarily mean you have to play into that. You know mm. what I mean? Like you can rewrite your own mm. thing, you know, your own script and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But you land on that because mm. I was going to transition. Not, not every person is disadvantaged. That's true. Not every these labels are wild. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why are you putting these labels on me, fam? Firstly, mm-hmm. right? We're not all disadvantaged. Mm-hmm. We're not all at risk. We're not all disengaged. We don't all live in poverty. That's not. That's not everyone, right? But understanding, you know, there are there are people in the community, you know, low social low socioeconomic families, unemployment, those things issues do exist, right? But don't put the label on everyone because some of those young people don't actually resonate with that, don't align with that. Right? Bro, alhamdulillah, bro, we live in a we live in a country where there's opportunities out there. There's a there's a real, real, real opportunities out there. Heavy. Brother, there's jobs everywhere you go, there's a job. Mm-hmm. Bro, Dan Andrews put together free TAFE. Nah, no way. Free TAFE. Bro, we need your boy Dan Andrews to give us some money, man. God, my boy, eh? <laughs> yeah, you might get to pull a couple of shit yeah. for us. You know, yeah. I heard they're granting out, giving out grants. No, but, but think about it, boys. Yeah. Free TAFE. That's crazy. There's a hundred and something TAFE courses out there for free. You can go and study for free. Yeah. There's jobs out there. you got free healthcare, you know? But there's support out there, you know? Because it's not all bad. Yeah, it is. It's not all bad. But we have to do that victim mentality, right? It's, you can't generalize the whole entire community. Yeah, there are, there are, there are um, areas where we're struggling. Yeah, because it's not everyone. It's not everything. We just gotta support each other. And the world's not out there to get you. No, nah. Well, it's it's putting the hard work. Mm-hmm. Putting the hard work. If you're lost, if you're confused, if you need some support, yeah, this is where the mentors come in, and this is where I'm a bit more critical on us. Yeah, yeah. This is where I'm a bit more critical that as I can be critical on the parents. Yeah, I can be critical on the young people. Yeah, but this is where I now I look at us. Mm. We're born and raised in Australia, so. Oh, but for okay, well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm a fob. Sorry, all I no, but 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 you've been here for, for quite a while. Yeah, my whole life. My whole life, yeah. Okay, Ali, you uh, studied here, studied here, worked yeah. here. Mm-hmm. Alright, how are you giving back? I'm not saying you, but you're yeah, saying. True. Honestly speaking, yeah, this is what I always say, yeah, because it's not just about it's not about opening another organization. It's not about just saying, oh, I'm I'm gonna do this, yeah. How are you giving back? Because you can't if you can't say X, Y, and Z, but you're not actually doing the work. Yeah. And giving back isn't starting something random no. or something like that. It's, wallahi, it's authenticity. What, brother, Just but do you, because there's another kid that's going to yeah. look up to you yeah. and be like, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, I rate this person. Yeah. I can see myself in this person. And yeah. bang, mm-hmm. you put a light bulb in his head. You know, I was talking, I was talking to um, uh, a colleague of mine, um, a sister who works in the, works in the community space yeah. the other day. And then she's like, 
And this just comes back to the, the parents and the leaders, right? Yeah. It's, for example, if I came in right now fresh, don't know nothing, yeah? I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. I haven't taken the time to actually sit down and listen to the people before me. Mm. What have they done? What were some of the challenges that they experienced, they faced, right? I can't be naive, mm. right? There are people in these spaces doing some things, yeah? Tap in. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. No. That's true, you yeah. don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are already organizations and groups and platforms and things out there. How can you lend your time? How can you provide support, right? It's about connecting, collaborating, right? Um, but for, but for, for example, if you, if, you, if you think about it like this, yeah? If you look at, if, one, if I say giving back, yeah? And this is why I say it's so important, mm. right? It's we understand you work full time and you've got responsibilities, kids, families, that, yeah? Give me two hours a fortnight. Yeah. I think our problem with that, for example, that's mm. a perfect example. You already work full time, mm. but making the two hours in the evening, we're always looking for what do we get back. Mm. And I feel like that's the issue. Why? We're not too busy. We have to prioritize mm. what we're giving mm -hmm. and focus on that, not always expecting something in return. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, mm. that's yeah, one of the biggest yeah. problems. Just, just do it for, for the sake of Allah. Yeah. You know, do it because you, you want to give it. You, you, there's nothing, there's no dividends. Yeah. Your dividends is you're paving the way forward. Yeah, yeah. That's your dividends. That's true. Yeah. You're, you're doing your part. You're leaving your mark, yeah? You're paving the way forward for that young person. It's now going to go. It's a rotation. It's a cycle, yeah? You support that young person. He's a, he or she's going to come back around and support the next one, you know? And, and well, I shout out, shout out to the people that are giving back, doing their own 100%, thing. Because, yeah. like, we need that, like, mm. in our community, just overall, you know, because life isn't all about mm. working that, like, typical... Well, I believe, in my opinion, mm. isn't that typical working the nine-to-five job or whatever, mm. cool? Like, having some sort of, like, impact, you know? Because I know, like... Going back to like who is our mentors and these mm. type of things. So at the start of the year, actually twice this year, I went on a school camp with, um, I probably won't mention the school, um, but I was with my cousin Lothan, yeah? Yeah. Anyway, so then after I went to the school camp, I remember the first one, I seen one of the kids, it's a camp, mind you, yeah? Mm -hmm. um, and I was there like as a volunteer or whatever. Um, and I seen one of the kids and we're at Phillip Island, just going for a run on the beach, do you know mm. what I mean? But he asked for permission through whatever, cool. Um, but I was like, fam, like, first of all, who likes running off the bat? You know what I mean? Like, go play soccer or basketball. Yeah. That's one thing. But second of all, he's just going running just across the beach, whatever, cool. But he had to take one of like the volunteers or whatnot. You know what I mean? And then after I'm like, right, I'm asking another later on. It's like, oh, there's something about this kid. Like, like, what do you mean he's just gone for a run, you know? Mm -hmm. And then after he goes, oh, like, he actually wants to become a runner and he's actually like doing very, very well, mm. you know? And then after I see this kid like later on, yeah, coming out of his room and he's got his beats on, whatever. Mm -hmm. I go, where are you going? He goes, I'm going for a run. And then after, and then I started asking about him, you know, and he started doing trials and stuff with Peter Ball. Oh, wow. You know? Mm -hmm. And then, and Allahum Barik, like East African community, mm -hmm. good, good, good uh, running genetics, yeah. you know? And then I'm like, that's like a perfect, like, example of what we need in our, like, our community. Mm -hmm. You know, so this guy that's doing well, yeah. the Olympics on the grand stage, mm -hmm. representing Australia, representing um, mm -hmm. South Sudan. As done, yep. Yeah, he's representing South Sudan. It's like now you got a South Sudanese kid uh, being like, okay, cool, Rob, yeah. Peter Ball can do it, I can do it, you know? Mm. It's like we need like more of that. Does and on the Peter Ball conversation as mm. well, recently acquitted. Alhamdulillah. Technically, he wasn't found. Yeah, yeah, he, he wasn't, wasn't found. My, guilty. Guy, my guy was innocent the whole time, but yeah. yeah. But, but look at that. That's a prime example mm. of, like I was reading about this here. This mm. is a prime example of, I don't want to jump to the racist card off mm. the bat, you know what I mean? But clearly, there's some. But, 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 but why not? But no, 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 because yeah. I don't want to be that person. Yeah. That yells out racism, racism every single mm -hmm. time. Okay, yeah. But 
there was clear racism. But I'll tell you what. Yeah. One example being because I was reading up about, like about this on, on this like article about like the process of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like a cool if you test positive once because you got you got to test it twice. Yeah. Mm. You test it once, whatever they do, uh, a retrial, whatever, cool, retest mm. it. Yeah. Why was his first false negative, false positive? Why did it come out onto why, the media? Why did it get leaked? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where it goes back to now you chuck it on that, you know what I mean? You chuck mm-hmm. it on that person. Mm-hmm. And then when they see it on social media, the community that have already got a stereotype of certain people mm-hmm. are now going to be like, oh, yeah, this is right. This is the guy that's representing Australia. Mm-hmm. You know? And look what it does because now you've got a guy who Peter Ball, who this little kid looks up to. He's, mm-hmm. he's young. Um, he's a teenager or whatever, cool. Mm-hmm. Looks up to him now. You've deprived him of mm. like a person, you know. And then now he's got to come back, and he's got to almost like I don't know. We'll probably speak to him later on. Yeah. But now he's got to fight his way up, you know. Yeah. Because it's not easy from there. Well, I first shout out, shout out to the brother uh, Peter Ball. Yeah. Like mashallah, man. I think, you know, I've had the pleasure to sit down with Peter a couple of times and have a conversation. Lovely bloke, mm-hmm. mashallah, lovely bloke, terrific human being. You know, um, unfortunate situation, but it just goes to show, yeah. It's this is Australia's hero, yeah. We were going before he was Australia's hero. It was our hero first. It was, yeah, yeah, Facts. yeah. But then during the Olympics, you know, he's he's wearing the green and gold, right? He captivated the whole entire nation. Yeah, first time I turned on television in a long time, brother. Every single Tom, Dick, and Harry was talking about who Peter Bow, yeah. sir. And some and an issue like this where and like you're 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 picking it up. I'm saying. What that's racism to me. Because think about it like this, right? How did that get leaked? Firstly, you got the so Ebola. Was it leaked? Was it? Was it leaked? How, how did it come out? So his his sample A, his sample A, um, came back as positive, right? Yeah. But they didn't test his sample B. From from uh, from from what I see, right? How did that information come out? But look at the time frames he came out. You know, the day the day before that information came out, I was actually with Peter in in, in Brunswick. Wow. Well. And mind you, that's the week where Peter was nominated for the Young Australian of the Year Awards. Yeah. And he was literally, let's be real, he was, was going to win that. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Look at the timings. Mm. Huh? <laughs> Look at the timings. Would that, have been, is it, would that information have been leaked if it was any other person, any other athlete? Probably not. Yeah. But these are our heroes. This is why I say it's so important to use your voice. These are people that we look up to. That young man right there, he was probably watching TV and saying, oh, that's my hero being subjected to this bullshit. Yeah. It's not right. And you know what's funny too, yeah? The Sports Integrity Commission still haven't apologised. No, they haven't. There's no apology. Even though they know they got it wrong. Mm-hmm. They know that their whole entire process was shambles. Yeah? He's innocent. He's always been innocent. He's never injected anything in his body. He's never taken any performance-enhancing drugs, right? But they still haven't come out and said, we're sorry. We mucked it up. Yeah, he but had to defend his case. But then look, but look at look look at Dusty Peter. Yeah. Yeah. This is someone because this is how we this is right. This is someone who's representing the whole entire nation, mm-hmm. and he can't even get a fair shake. Think about it. That's wild, man. Think about it. He's, but how how that affect him? How that affect his family? How that affect his sponsorships? All of his deals. Right, that's the way he puts money on the table. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But then, but then now, now look at this, right? It's his name. You type in Peter Ball on Google. It's always going to be tainted a little bit because what's going to come up? Yeah, oh, yeah. That's that, that's not fair. Yeah. And well, it's actually it's actually not fair. Yeah, exactly. And the guy, wallahi, mashallah, ripper bloke, absolute ripper bloke, right? 
But I think as a community too, so I say, let's say, I'm, I'm always messaging, but I got you, got you back. Keep fighting, keep pushing, because you, just, you know what's gonna happen now, yeah. My kids are three, uh, two, and uh, two and two and a half or two months, yeah. When my kids get older, yeah, and they're navigating this space, yeah, they're gonna see oh, who, who are the athletes, who are the prominent leaders in the, in the African community. They're gonna see someone like Peter Bow. We can't tear down these leaders, yeah. and we can't let them tear down our leaders too. Exactly. Right. And well, like, truth be told, yeah, that would not be the same if it was for any other athlete. Yeah. That's just a fact. Yeah, that's and not just that, if you look at the actual specifics of the, uh, of the case, he was tested 25 plus times. Wow. Why, why 25? Right, you tell me. Yeah. Think about it. How many positives, how many false negatives or pos- positives? Most of them. Yeah. Just, just that one. He was tested 25 times, mm. right? But think about it like this, yeah? You got an athlete who's representing Australia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's South Sudanese? Yeah, you got an athlete on the highest level. Olympics, Commonwealth Games, doing numbers, breaking world records, breaking Australian records. But he's a young black man. Mm. That same young, that same person got named, got nominated for a Young Australian Award, and was going to win it too. Yeah. You telling me it's a coincidence? No, nah, definitely not. But regardless, well, like, shout out to our boy. No, nah, shout out to Peter, man. Our boy Peter Ball. We've got to get him on an episode. Where, Peter where's Ball sees a clip from this or whatever. Where am I looking? Where am I looking? Peter. Yeah. I'm going to holler at you. I'm going to send it to him, actually. I'm going to uh, send it to him. Who did he hop on? He want, uh, what is it called? Dylan and Friends? Was he on there? Yeah, he was. He was, on, mm. he was a while back. Bro, come support the community. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're your boys. We're yeah. down the road from Brunswick. Yeah. Yeah. So hop on. We'll get you on. He's going to do his impact. Yeah. Hey, but you, hey, you know what's interesting, though? Peter does a lot of community work. He does. He does. A lot of community it does a lot of mentoring with the, with the kids. It's does a lot of school see. engagements, you know. Mashallah. Yeah. Fair dinkum, Peter. Peter, Aki, come sit right here, cousin. You know where it's at. Wallah. But Wallah, hundred. I think we'll wrap it there, bro. Amazing. Um, Wallah, I appreciate you coming on. It's insightful, man. And I'll tell you what, yeah. Mm. If it wasn't for the fact that we got a, an episode straight after this, yeah. Yeah, I reckon this could have been. This first of all, this is the longest podcast. What are you running? Two hours. This is, yeah, look at oh. him. Our editor's already said it. Yeah, <laughs> Shout out to Ahmed in the back. Thanks, One of our brother. longest episodes. Yeah. Um, but insightful, man. I appreciate it. This is the conversations we needed, you know. And Wallahi, you're free and welcome to run it back anytime mm. you want. You know what I mean? This Amazing. Is, nah, this but is a platform that's yours as well. Mm. Um, but just any like last parting words, where can people find you? Bro, um, people can find me bro, out there, bro. Yeah. I'm, in a, I'm not too hard to find. Mm. I'm not too hard to find, man. You know, I'm I'm literally out there in community. Um, hit me up on socials, just Hannah.Hersey. Um, and then, yeah, I think parting words, bro. Parting words. Thank you, boys. Honestly, well, I thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Thank you know, it's, a, it's an amazing, you know, I love what you guys are doing. Bro, parting words for, for young people, bro. That's, that's what I'm advocating for. That's what I'm fighting for, you know. Bro, it's, bro you got it. Take your time, you know, be patient. You know, don't buy into all this hype. You know, just take care of yourselves, you know. Most importantly, bro, build your team. Find your tribe. You know, we know what I always say to kids. What, what I always say to kids, right, is Kobe, Kobe had Shaq. You know, you're a basketball fan, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah? Build your team. Mm. Build your team. Be careful with how you build your team too, yeah? Because what the main goal is what? To win a championship, right? Exactly. To get to the promised land, right? Be careful with, her, with, with who you put in positions. Who's your starting five? Who's... Can I, can I, let me check that. Let me check that. <laughs> my guy. My guy. Who's your, who's, your, who's, your, who's your starting five? Choose your starting five carefully. Mm. Not everyone's going to make it. Not everyone's going to be on the team. You're going to have to leave some people behind. 
Wallahi, that's truth. That's life. You know, Ryan, that's actually crazy. You know why? Mm. They say you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. There you time. go. Hey, I'm a philosopher. Hey, choose, hey the title, <laughs> choose your starting five. Because think about it like this. What are you trying to do? Yeah. I'm trying to get a ring. Mm. I'm trying to win championship. Mm-hmm. Make sure the people around you are going to uplift you, help you succeed. Yeah? And, and make, they're going to help you win. Mm. Not everyone's going to make it. I got some last parting words for you. Keep mm. doing what you're doing, bro. Love it. Yeah, yeah it's uh, amazing, honestly. Like even when you released that video at the like end of last year, with the unfortunate event that happened, Allah yarhamu. Oh. Like that's what we needed, you know. I mean, it was nice to see people sharing it around and well putting like that conversation out there, you know. Um, so keep doing that. Don't let anything uh, stop you from doing it. And well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Thanks, boys. Definitely run it back. We'll get. We'll Shall do some sort of um, it's called uh, networking event or something together, you know. Shall guys, you guys know the drill. Um, say this every week you know to like share comment and subscribe and we'll see you next week for another bang episode enjoy